Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Here's some tips for maintaining your Trex deck. Um, occasionally wash it with some soapy water or a pressure cleaner. Trex composite decking is low maintenance and won't fade, splinter or warp. Trex, the world's number one decking brand. We started a new week. And it's the day after the final all-black test. So we did a little bit of a run of our eye over the good, the bad, and the ugly of the all-black season on the back of that draw. Had a lot of calls in that first hour. Always appreciate that. And midday madness. Then just after midday madness finished, we were joined by the great Andrew Dorante. FIFA World Cup preview, if you like. And the good news is the team that I drew in the office sweepstake is the team he thinks is going to win. So I'm pretty happy about that. Also caught up with Maddie White across the ditch, and of course he always takes a swing at me, and I take a swing at him, but it's all good fun. Uh, Monty Beetham joined us as well, Tua Samoa's record-breaking Rugby League World Cup campaign, and just how proud he is of the Samoan team, and the pride that was shown around the country was fantastic, so we delved into that a little bit. We found out what's making news, and if you remember on Friday we had a sweepstake picking who would win the All Blacks England Test, the winning team, the exact margin, and our tiebreaker was picking an anytime try scorer. Of course, it was a draw. Three callers picked the draw, but no one picked a try scorer. So we said, you three combined, put on a multi, split the winnings. Good times. The vault. You must ring for the vault, because no one rang today. So I played. I don't know what the answer is, but hopefully I've steered you a little bit closer. We revisited Show Me The Money and a good back in the day and a banging song to round it all out. Uh, thanks for listening thanks for subscribing you're on the Afternoons with Steffi podcast Good afternoon, everybody. We've had another week. We're on Monday. We're on Monday, three quarters, two-thirds of the way through November, and it's uh, the end of the All Black season, um, which I will get into very shortly. Um, I was glued to the set watching Lydia Ko win the Tour Championship for on the LPGA Tour. Just wonderful, 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 and the emotion she showed at the end. Boy, she's had some pressure on her the last couple of years. Fantastic win for her. Held her nerve one by two. Yahoo. Um, really good interview on breakfast with Sammy and Kempi this morning uh, with Dylan Kennett, who's won the World Trampoline Championships. Might not be your sport of choice, but we've got another world champion. I think that's fantastic and pumped the field too. So a couple of uh, little bright lights. Black ferns, sorry, kiwi ferns 
in the World Cup final just um, didn't get out of first gear really or in fact weren't allowed to by the Jillaroos. Fantastic win by them but making the finals a huge tick for the Kiwi Ferns. Very proud of them making that and then there was the men's World Cup final as well. The brave Toa Samoa, the whole tournament just found the class of the Kangaroos just a little bit too good so been a cool weekend for watching sport. Um, the Wallabies just came up short again. I actually quite enjoyed that game. I watched it straight after the All Blacks won, then the All Blacks. Then the All Blacks. I want you to call up about the All Blacks. And I, I was sitting out there early this morning thinking about Midday Madness. Do we talk about the refereeing? Do we talk about Artie not getting a nomination? Do we talk about how we coughed in the last nine minutes? Do we talk about the box kick, the yellow card, and the non-impact of the reserve bench? I don't often see complacency, but I felt complacency when the bench players came on. The only time I saw a bench player really put in was after TJ Perinara kicked that possession away and then him hoofing it across field, knowing what he'd, understanding the ramifications, he was flying in cover defence but couldn't stop it and they scored that try. Why did we give them the ball? What does that say and what does the season say? So... There's positives from the season, sure there are. The, the ability to bounce back, um, the dealing with adversity, probably the most pressure the All Blacks have been under, both management and players and captains, the whole season, this season, has probably been the most pressurised season I can remember. And we're a year out for the World Cup. So I, I'm keen to get your thoughts on what were the good changes we saw. We'll, we'll try some glass half full. What were some good changes? Some straight off the top of my head was the appointment of Joe Smith and particularly Jason Ryan. Uh, the front row, I think, has been a real find this year. Geordie Barrett finally to 12 has been great. The unearthing of the likes of Mark Talia and I think Dalton Papali'i getting his opportunity and converting it. We've had a number of players this year and in previous years been given opportunities and not convert it. I feel like Dalton Papali'i has uh, a fine test match and um, he just goes and goes, and he will get better. He's not the completed product, but, geez, he offers so, so much. So your thoughts on the All Black season, are there some good? Can we take some good out of it? And what's your biggest concerns, and where are we at? 0800 150 811, it's Midday Madness. Looking forward to chatting to you. Well, listen, Buster, you better start to move your feet to the rockin'est beat of madness. Righto, let's get to the phone calls and this chap rang up when the news was on, so he's got some he's got some views and some opinions. He's from Canterbury, it's Kenny. G'day Kenny. G'day Staffy. Show me the money. <laughs> Show you the money. I picked the draw. You did, along with two others. Oh, do they have the try score? Is it draw and then you have to have the try scorer as well, or was it first in, first serve for the draw? No, you had to have the try scorer as well. So who did you have? Ah, oh, Barrett. Yeah, well, here's the news for you. And he almost stuck through. I know. Very early on. So three of you picked draw, two of you picked Geordie Barrett, and the other one picked penalty try. So none of those happened. So you hang around, because we're going to get the three of you to put on a three-leg multi with that bonus bet. And Beautiful. make lots of money, and we'll split it between the three of you. How about that? That sounds fantastic. Right. Well, you stay on the line, 
And Kez will get your details, and we'll ring you back when we're going to do that later on in the show. All good? Right, sounds good, Stevie. Thanks, mate. Top man, Kenny from Canterbury, showing him the money. Uh, talk to Mikey in Christchurch. Mikey, um, I feel like you're going to sigh at the start. Oh, laugh or cry or... <laughs> 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 um, wasn't there a penalty try? I thought there was a penalty try. No. <laughs> no? I don't think uh, so. I don't know. Um, oh, my God. Oh, I mean, OK, let's go to positives, eh? Like... Yep. Uh, Everything you're saying, I think that Jason Ryan definite improvement in the forwards. That's 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 good. That's that's something I can kind of go. Okay, we can see some progress. All we wanted was progress this year, didn't we? So we got some in that. I think the Geordie thing. Hopefully, Fozzie's gone. Yep, he can actually. I mean, God, his fans are amazing. Um, I, I think him in the midfield is is a good find. I think that's positive. I think the uh, Bodie Barra Richie Moanga debate. I hope has been put to bed now. That'll probably rear its head again next year, but I think I think we're kind of like you know Bodie at fullback and um, Richie at first five. I think that's that's the thing. Um, but other than that, oh Dalton too. I thought Dalton had a had a really good game, mm. which leads me to the bench because I kind of wonder where coaches just go. Oh, it's that time now. Clear the bench. Mm. Like why? 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 Why clear the bench? Like Dalton. Mate, he could have gone full 80. Like, McCaw and Kieran Reid and all those guys in the past, Artie, they, they go full 80. So uh, Dalton looks like he's got a lot of ticker. Uh, he didn't need to come off. Um, so I kind of think they kind of get themselves stuck in a, like a preconceived, this is what we're going to do, as opposed to how we do need somebody on the field to give, the, uh, give our team a bit more pumping up. Um, but they just kind of do it by rote now. And I just think, you know, it didn't work, did it? And it was... It was horrible to lose that much of a lead. I'm glad that this is kind of almost the last rugby thing because I think um, this team hasn't given me much joy at all this year. Um, I'm sick of talking about Fozzie. Um, This is what we've got to stick with. I have a question for you and maybe the other listeners and maybe that's something down the line you can talk about on another program. But um, I had a bit of a debate with my friend and he said, well, we won all the trophies we needed to win. So the year's a success, isn't it? I'm like, yeah, but if it was any other team, yes, but this is the All Blacks. We don't lose. We're not supposed to lose. Um, and losing four, could have lost five, then there's a draw, um, losing a home series to Ireland, losing to Argentina for the first time. I think this is a terrible year. There's signs of progress, but it's been a terrible year. So if we end up winning the World Cup next year, does it all matter? Does all black rugby matter unless unless on the on the big dance every four years? Oh, we'll forgive a lot of things if they win the World Cup, but geez, there's a there's a mountain to climb. Uh, there is a, a decent mountain to climb. Just on the reserves, with how pedantic the referee was and ruling to the nth oh. degree, the the substitute of halfback who was closest to the referee the whole game to me was just like now TJ Perinara's got to readjust to all of these nuances. Aaron Smith can play. Uh, 80. I, I looked in the last couple of minutes and Brady Retallick's still there, Sam Whitelock's still there, um, Locks do as much work as anyone. So you're right, I, I just don't like, as a matter of course, at 60 minutes, off you go. Apart from the front row, I get that. Most of the injuries to front rows happens mm. in the last 20. I'm okay with that. Yep. But the other guys, forget about it. Mikey, we've got heaps of calls. Thanks for calling in, buddy. Yep. No worries. Cheers, yeah. mate. We'll go to Dunedin, talk to Dean. G'day, Dean. Yes, Steffi, I don't know. That guy there made a lot of sense. I, 
what have we what have we progressed from apart from Ryan? Take Ryan out of there. What have we progressed since this time last year? We've still got the best winger in the world at centre, and didn't he look good running down that sideline? Didn't he? He knows he looks good running down that sideline. I don't understand how the guys that put the names in the program can't just move him to that sideline forever. <laughs> it doesn't make any sense to me. Bowden Barrett at fullback, he might as well just pick me. It, it, he's not a fullback. He's a world-class 10. And if he's not the best in their eyes, put him on the bench. If he's not on the bench, have him holding tackle bags. Find Stevenson or Will Jordan. Get a fullback at fullback. Get a wing on the wing. Like it's, Find a centre somewhere. I don't know who that person is. Like Leonard Brown, possibly, but we didn't get to see him there for long enough. Mm. Like Geordie Barrett has to stay at 12. Dalton has made every post a winner, but will it be good enough? Probably not. And that's sad. Absolutely sad. Having Barrett at six, it's a waste of time. He pushes in the scrum, but we had nothing else from him. Like we lose some sort of explosive, get over the game line, number six, like Fazal's a six. Why, why is Taylor there? Tokiaho is the best number two in New Zealand. We're playing the supposedly the hardest test of the year, and we go back to a guy that's not going to throw it straight to at least two lineouts. Like what, what, what have we gained from last year? This time last year, as Rico said after the game, a loss, a draw, a win. Well, we'd all accept that. But is that what, is that what we're supposed to accept now as all black supporters? No, if Farrell was on the field and could have kicked goals, we would have lost by two. Yeah. It's that simple. Yeah. That's it, Dino. Um, thanks for calling. We've got lots of calls. Always appreciate yours, buddy. We'll go to Graham. Um, I'm going to say Graham from Northland. G'day, Graham. G'day, mate. Cool. Um, yeah, so I've got three or four things. Um, just quickly on TJ. Um, I'm not a TJ fan, but I'm, I'm gutted for him. He, yeah. He's been putting pressure on Aaron Smith and Fakataba and on Christie, and I think we need that at that level, so I hope he recovers well. I don't think he'll go to the World Cup, sadly, just because of the length it's going to take. But I don't know if you heard, um, Triple T's been picked up by the Highlanders as an injury re- replacement for um, Fakataba. But it sounds like Fakataba's coming back a bit earlier, so maybe there's a job for Triple T at the Hurricanes. I, I like him as a, as a halfback. I don't know what he's done wrong. And, you know, the Hurricanes are in a little bit of trouble now. They need a halfback and a, probably a captain. So it'll be interesting to see what happens there. Um, on the All Blacks, disheartened, disappointed. And by the end of that game, I was a little bit disgusted, really. As you and Dean and Mikey have said, the reserves, I can't understand that at all. I got no, oh yeah, there was just Barrett and Papalili was playing out of their skins. Leave them on, man. They were tackling out of their skins. Bowden Barrett, he's nowhere near the best fullback in the country, or even in that squad. His brother is, but he's playing 12 now. I just, I just don't know what. Yeah, it does my head in. And when he came off with nine minutes to go, I had All Blacks in my sweepstake to win by 15 and Cody Taylor to score a try, but that was all looking good. Then Barrett, Barrett comes off and that blew that out of the water, so I'm a little bit peeved with him at the moment. But just sad. I'm just sad as an All Black fan that we're putting, we've are putting. we got to put up with this. Mm. I give them a six for the season. I really hope um, Will Jordan has a smashing season in, at fullback next year and the Crusaders win another win another competition, and, it, and they put him at fullback, because we need a fullback, man. We don't need a hybrid first five 
fullback who goes to the news conference and, and says, oh, I think I'll be playing first five this week because that's where I feel coming. You know, what's he going to do next season? Is Leon going to play him at first five or fullback? Yeah, we don't know. Eh? Who would know? Mm. It depends on it depends on Bowden, I suppose, because he seems to be making the rules up as we go along. <laughs> but yeah, just a little bit, a little bit disappointed. And the Kiwi Ferns, if you're going to put up a a challenge like that to the Wairoos, you've got to show up, man. And they didn't show up. That mm. was a little bit disappointing, to be honest. They were right in the Wairoos faces and they got smoked, man. They did. <clears throat> they yeah. did. Graham, always good to so, chat, buddy. Enjoy the rest the of the week. Back. Cheers, mate. You too, bro. I'll talk to you later. Take yeah. it easy. Uh, one more before the break. It's Kirk. G'day, Kirk. Hi, Steffi. How are you? Good, thanks, Kirk. Yeah, good, good. Now, this season, I think, well, they, they have certainly made some progress in terms of, like, the last seven unbeaten when the forwards have improved a hell of a lot. Um, but I thought that, you know, I was going to give them six out of ten rating for the end of the year. But those, uh, I might have dropped it to four. The last sort of eight minutes there, well, so that three through, an all-back team doesn't do that. And I thought that I've, any credit I'd give, I thought two of those tries went to the TMO. I, was, I, I don't know that I would have given either of them. So I think it was probably... Under my watch, they probably would have won that game. Did you think those were tries or not? Not the one where the prop was sort of, he sort of seemed to touch it on his thigh, and when it finally hit the ground, I felt like it was short of the line. So, no, not that one. No, no. Well, there you go. And so they've probably, we, we might have been talking a little bit differently if they had held off there. But um, as I say, I think that we've got to be measured about it. I mean, I one result, in saying that, I'm hacked off to let, let three through in the last 10 minutes, the yellow card and all that. But I think that. Over the last seven games, they definitely have made some progress. So uh, uh, I, I, I look forward to next year, and I think I only in the press conference talked about how they finished last year on a loss this year and a draw. Next year, a win, that would mean they'd probably win the World Cup. So I think that's what he's meaning. Unless <laughs> that's not bad. To that, so, yeah. so that'd be good. Good talk to you. I've got scores to take, and uh, um, I hope you have a good Christmas, Mark, and all the best, mate. Thank you, Kirk. Thank you very much, and to you too, my friend. Uh, actually, we will take one more because it's coming in from Australia. Don't want to keep them on too long. Then we'll take a break. All you others that are on the hold, we will get to you straight after the break. Darren and Aussie. G'day, Darren. Hey, Steffi. How are you? Good, Darren. Ah, uh, Wow, I loved it. Um, I was a bit gutted because I did pick the uh, All Blacks by 18, and uh, with nine minutes to go, I was sitting there going, oh, feeling pretty good here. <laughs> uh, <laughs> But um, at, at the end of it, I didn't, I didn't feel down at all. I'd, I'd give them a 7 out of 10 for the year. And I thought leading into a World Cup, that, that was awesome for work-ons and things. You know, the, the game had everything. It had a, a ref that was just a complete lunatic. So how do we adapt to that? Mm. So that's a work-on. You know, nine minutes to go. We ended up with a draw. I can't believe England kicked the ball out, seriously. Like, that, that just stunned me. I thought, we're, we're right for the picking here for a loss. Um, I just think we'll come out of it with a lot of work on for next year's World Cup and we had a lot of good things happen like you said our front row I think on the tour it showed that Papa Lee should be starting at 7 I don't care how fit Sam Kane is um, he's got to start he was just a workhorse yeah. and you know and a shame about Perinara I mean I thought he played really well last week against Scotland when he came on and that was, that was such a shame but we've got depth it'll give other guys a chance and I mean I, I really enjoyed the Northern Tour I thought it um we didn't overshow our hand. We, we we worked on our basics well, but our discipline does worry me. Yeah. I mean, in a World Cup with Northern Hemisphere refs, mm. we've got to tidy that up. I'm with you. I'm with you. And I don't. The I've, thing about I've got a quick one. Last thing about the ref. Oh yeah, you go. Sorry, I just got a quick one for you. Do you think in the last ten minutes we tried to put ourselves under pressure, or do you think we saw a little bit of what England can do on attack? 
Oh, I think England saw us down to 14 and said, if this could be the greatest comeback since Lazarus, let's have a decent crack, and away they went. I certainly don't think we intentionally wanted to put ourselves under pressure. We've had enough this year. Yeah. Okay. No, I'd like your insight on that. I'm, I'm in two minds. Yeah. All right. Fair. That's fair, Darren. Always good chatting, bud. Enjoy your week. Darren, Thanks, Darren out of Australia, Tristan, Bruce, Zaid and Zane. We'll come back to you after a quick ad break. Gull, fueling your mission. Pop into your local for some good value fuel. Gull.nz. Mark Stafford, kicking back and talking sport all afternoon. It's Afternoons with Staffy on SENZ. Welcome back in, straight back to the course. Tristan from Canterbury. G'day, Tristan. Hey, how you going? So, yeah, where do we start? I know, I know. Um, well, obviously there's a few negatives I'll rattle off, but I'll start with a positive. There's definitely positives there, and that's a forward pack. Like Jason Ryan has definitely turned those forwards around, like our mall defence, our mall driving, etc. Like We just look a lot more sound there. Like We did pretty well for the 70 minutes against an English pack, which is regarded to be pretty strong. But what's... um. Yeah, I just think we're just lacking a ball carrier at number six. Like we need someone like an Ethan Blackadder and obviously Frizzell in that there. Like I think Scott Barrett, as much as you know, he, he's a solid six, but I think that's about it. Like we need like a a ball carrier, like a hard working player. Hopefully Ethan Blackadder is in the mix for next season. But the, I just feel fine with this team at the moment, which has pretty much been even since Ryan and. Uh, Smiths join the team, there seems to be a lack of mental strength in the team, the inability to hold leads when getting off to great starts, like the match at Twickenham was just another example and obviously the chickens have come home to roost this time around, I can think of a number of instances this season where we had earlier ascendancy in the game, it was like Joe Berg against the box, I think we led 15-0 and found ourselves behind at one stage late in the second half Christchurch against the Argies, I think we led 15-6 and then fell over 25-18, Melbourne Mm. We'll remember that game. Like we led thirty-two twelve, like huge leads we're talking. And if I wasn't for a foley, you know, foley wasting time, we would have lost that match. Mm. Japan, I think we led was it twenty-one seven, and and I might have been yeah, it was something like that at one stage, and found ourselves hanging on to a seven-point lead. There also signs in the match in, against Wales too. Like we blew out to comfortable leads, but kept letting the Welsh back in by ill discipline, which has basically hindered us all season. But it's just sort of that got overshadowed that because of obviously we put 50 points on by the end in the Scotland game. Well, we lead 14-0 after eight minutes and then fell behind 17-14 at half-time. England match, well, conceding 19 points in nine minutes, enough said. Mm. Like It's clearly, obviously, there's a mental weakness in the side. Like Obviously, it's a concern heading into the World Cup because... The pressure, you know, the pressure that's going to come around knockout stage is going to be extreme. Like, you know, you're going to be situations where teams are going to be, you know, coming after you. And we need to, hopefully we can address that. It's still 12 months or so. But, yeah, I don't know if it's a coaching thing, but, yeah, there, there seems to be a mental block there when we get well out in front. I don't know whether we put the feet up and think the job's done or, yeah, we're not playing the 80. That's clear to see. Mm. I'm pleased that hopefully that lesson was learned yesterday and it's not something that has to be relearned at World Cup time. Um, really, really good points, Tristan. Thanks heaps for, for calling us up no today. Thank you. Cheers, bud. Uh, one more in Christchurch. Bruce, g'day, Bruce. Hey, Staffy. Hey, mate. Hear me? Yeah. Um, 
No. A lot of the points uh, these other pl- other callers have, have commented have covered what I want to say. Um, I, I still can't. I still can't figure out um, how tactically well or not not intelligently we are being coached to to be that much in in, in the lead with ten minutes to go, nine minutes to go, and and so, I don't know, blatantly lose the plot. And a lot of it's around um, the way they, they played that last nine minutes. Mm. Um, I, I just don't, I don't get it. I don't get it. If, if they keep saying they're learning how, I know individual players can make errors, but I still don't think we have, um, as much as I like Sam Whitelock as a, Leader, we don't. If, if you or I were on the field or Richie McCaw at that stage, and we'd lost one of your players in a card, and you were leading, wouldn't you grab everyone by the scruff of the neck and say, "Okay, guys, hmm. we're not going to we're not going to let this go." Yeah, yeah. Uh, I, I didn't see any of that. No. But I saw a lack of playing rugby, which I'd ra- to be honest, I'd rather them lost by ten playing, trying to play more rugby. Yeah. Yeah, it was um, it was very un-all black, very un-all black. Very strange. Um, look, it's just bizarre. The whole year's been bizarre. Um, it's a bit frightening because if England actually had tried to play rugby for 60 minutes of the game, they'd have probably, I don't know, they might have beat us by 30. Who knows? I don't know what they're up to. Um, I, I, here's my final comment. I hope World Rugby, someone seriously has a look at all the games over the weekend, especially that one, and actually make a decision about what they're actually presenting on TV. Yeah. Are they trying to present entertainment? Or is it just, just a job for these people, for these players? Because that seriously was a very hard watch. And to, to appoint that referee, um, the, the game was appalling that way. Mm. Didn't and I don't fav- know how didn't, they're going to grow, yeah. grow fans. Yeah, he didn't favour either side, which is one thing. I'll, I'll leave you with, with this, Bruce. I thought our best player in the first half was the English halfback. He <laughs> was shocking. Thank God they didn't yep. start Ben Youngs. We would have lost that. Yeah. Yeah. Got a scoot to news though, Bruce. Thanks heaps, buddy. Let's go to Very Johnny. Good. Let's go to Johnny Mac. New sport and weather because you want it. Buster, you better start to move your feet to the rockin'est beat of madness. Right, we're trying to get our head around what's happened in the weekend and more advanced over the whole year for the All Blacks. Where are we at? What have we done well? Where do we see some change that is still needed? Bearing in mind the things that won't change, that we can't change. Zaid, Auckland, champion. Uh, good afternoon. Uh, my highlight of the weekend is the New Zealand Sky Sport Breakers. They go to um, play the Jack Jumpers, um, beat them, and then they have to turn around. They only got back home early early yesterday morning. Sunday morning was at 2, 3 a.m. They um, have an eight-point deficit first quarter, and then they come back roaring. Um, Barry Brown Jr., Derek Pardon, 89-83, Breakers hot, 8-3. and three. 
You can't turn the heater off. Uh, <laughs> that's a different Breakers team from last year. Modi Mayor, what a job he's doing. That was definitely my highlight of the weekend. And um, uh, one fight in the UFC that I reckon he's a big up-and-coming fighter. Um, here, look out for the name. Jack Della Madalena. Three first-round knockouts in a row now. Um, so I think he's one of the new big bricks. He's out of Perth, Australia, and he's... um. Yeah, he's getting the knockouts pretty fast, and he's racking them up. Della, um, so Della Mella, fella, what's his name? Jack Della Madalena. Della Madalena. That's a heck of a name. Yeah, so, sounds like a yeah, sounds like a fruit salad. <laughs> 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 All right, I'm going to keep my eye on him. Also, Lydia Ko as well. Fantastic. Um, she seems back to to back to pretty much younger younger form. Um, just tearing up. The USPGA, I'm not the biggest fan of golf, but you, you never forget the name Lydia Ko. Um, but now we've got to go to the disappointing stuff of the All Blacks. Not being mean, how does that referee have a job? Yeah, how does he have a job? <laughs> That's pretty mean, um, Zay. That's pretty mean. <laughs> but 29 I hear penalties. I know, I know. 29 penalties. He, he did the same thing against Australia. Even um, the commentators were saying, you know, that, that how, how is he refereeing the game, you know? Every time it's happened, he's always always just does it all the time. Um, and I don't know how he found that try. How was that a try? That first try that England scored. Who put that down? Did he have a, did he did he have some extra? Did he have three or four eyes on him? What? Yeah. How did he find the grounding for that? Um, maybe the yellow card. Yeah. I don't know if that was a yellow card turning point of the game. And then what? Did TJ Perinara get injured or something? What's happened there? He's done his ACL nine months. Uh, okay, so yeah, that's his World Cup done. Sorry yep. to say that. Mm, so um, that that's pretty much uh, that pretty much names Finlay Christie in the World Cup team. Then Ken, as long as he doesn't get injured. So <laughs> I think now, and uh, Fakatawa can get fit, which he probably will be. Those will be the three halfbacks of the World Cup: Aaron Smith, Fakatawa, and Christie. Um, and the standout player yesterday, if you have to have one, we know it all. Everyone's been saying it. It's Dalton Papali'i. Papali'i. Yeah. <laughs> All right, Zane. Good chatting, mate. Peace. Thank you. Peace. <laughs> Zane, Paraparaumu. G'day, Zane. Mate, it's, it's quite a refreshing to hear that um, while there's a bit of frustration out there, it's a little bit more, um, I don't know, relaxed than it normally would be after such a crap year. But um, I've got to say, when you're, when you're reflecting and like talking about the positives from an individual contribution perspective or a change of coach, You've got to give them a D, right? Mm. You don't judge All Blacks on identifying learnings. No. I love that word. Um, that, they, that they can work on for next year, mate. Like, there are positives from individuals. Like, I, I do agree, like Tyrell Lomax and Pakiaho, um, Geordie Barrett, and like, that's great. But as a, as a year as a whole, it's one of the biggest failures I can recall mm. as an All Blacks fan. When, when was the last time we lost so many games to teams we should beat and people were still trying to give them a pass mark? Yeah, and, and the thing was the reluctance to admit that there were problems. Like, post-match, there was never a problem. It's like the, these sectors there that we're proud of and these guys are giving everything. Like, it was it was almost like it was a denial when they wouldn't interact with us and share some disappointment with us. You know, I, 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 I watched the documentary for the second time last night on the Buffalo Bills going to four Super Bowls in a row, and they interviewed the guy who missed the kick, which would have won them their first Super Bowl, and he fronted them and he said, I'm so sorry, um, I love you guys, blah, 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 stick with us. Um, and they just owned up to their 
shortcomings, but we just haven't had that this year. And do remember, like Geordie Barrett, everyone ringing about Geordie Barrett in 12, that's, that's a good find this year. The reluctance to play him at 12 in the first half of the year, and it was, I don't know what the pressure was, but eventually they lined him up at 12. He could have had nine games at 12 with Rico, and that combination would be solid as now. But he's had, what, three well, I'm, I'm going to give you three words that popped to my mind to sum this season up. So the first one is continuity. Mm-hmm. So we haven't had a, a continuity of selection, so we haven't had a continuity of play on the field. The second one is adaptability, which is basically exactly what you're talking about there, is acknowledging that your plan didn't work very early on and adjusting it rather than just sticking to it for the sake. And that's both off and on the field. Um just like a, it's unbelievable what you think guys like Jordan didn't get to go at fullback and what have you. But the last one for me has been brought up by a couple of people, and that's leadership on field. Mm. We haven't really had, I mean, Kieran Reid was okay, but, you know, when Richie was on the field, you knew that guy's a leader, and that situation would have pulled them in, and he would have done something to turn that game. And if we look at who could be that guy, I can only think of Artie. Mm. It, it can't be Whitelock. Artie is the guy. He's the one who was getting those turnovers in the last 10 minutes trying to keep us in there. Um, I think you've got to look at who's going to be our leader going into the World Cup. It's not going to be Sam Whitelock for me. Mm. Yeah, great observation. Good call, Zane. Thanks for giving a yell Cheers, today. Mate. Cheers, buddy. Zane, out of para para umu. We go to Matt. G'day, Matt. Hey, Steph. How you doing? Good, buddy. Hey, just a quick thing, as, as the man there was just saying about Sam Whitelock, there seems to be a bit of a reluctancy, especially on his part. It's like an old All Black ethos to game the referee. Mm. Every other team does it. In the 38th minute of that game, Genge came out of the line, cannonballed him, his arms were both by his side, got Sam Whitelock in the head, head-on-head contact, half-knocked Sam Whitelock out. The other boys in the team were telling Sam Whitelock to go and talk to the ref about it, and he refused. That was a dead set red card, mate. And um, Carl, um, who's the other commentator, the former prop, the Tasman guy? Kane Hames. He, Kane, he saw it, and he said, someone's in big trouble here, and they never went back to it, and they never spoke about it again. You go back and watch in the 38th minute, mate, it's an instant red card, and I've seen heaps of threads around the world blowing up about it. He should have been cited for it. Mm. Now, um, Another quick issue, um, which um, blew my mind, was Mwanga getting man of the match. He was tremendous in the first half, but statistically in the second half, he put him on the worst performances of an all-black first five in living memory. Do you want to hear some stats? I do. (laughs) (laughs) So in the 45th minute, he missed a tackle, which let them get a line break. Because you know now they, they, he's such a liability on defence, they spore him on the wing or yeah. at fullback on every set play. You watch him on every set play, they pull him out of first five because he can't read lines. Right. So 46 minute, they make a break. We get a penalty on our line, the five metre line and the 15, he's a right footer. He can't curl the ball. He can only kick straight into touch. He made 14 metres. Mm. They get the ball back. We get a penalty. He runs midfield. Two-man overlap on the outside. He gets the ball stripped off him. Then we get another... So that penalty, sorry, is on halfway. He tries to overcook into touch. He doesn't find touch. They run it back. Another line break. They go down the far end. 47 minutes, 20 seconds. We get another... So they've figured out by this time that he can't kick right foot into touch from him deep. He can only just hoik it into like the 22. 
They kept pumping it down there the whole second half. England dominated that second half, every statistic. Mm. The whole thing about the All Blacks being good for 70 minutes is an absolute fallacy, mate. They were good for 40. England blew them off the field in that second half. I think we only had the ball twice in their half, in the second half. And one of them was Enrico when he ran bloody 80 metres. So then in the 58th minute, he did the same thing. Penalty on our line, 5 metre line, 15 metres in. 17 metre gain, England once again on attack. 62nd minute, 5 metres and 15 metres on our line, 14 metre gain. 65th minute, does the same thing, gains about 9 metres. 67th minute, same, they keep horsing it down to that corner and giving away penalties. He kicks it out, he made a 12 metre gain. Then the coup de grace was when 76th minute, TJ is screaming at the ref to water penalty. He's not watching the ball. The ball rolls between his legs. He loses it. He flicks it to uh, Moanga. Moanga hoofs it into touch, makes about nine metres, and then England stormed back and scored that try. They just pinned us in that corner for 40 minutes. We couldn't get out. You know the All Blacks and the coaches are always talking about our exits, our exits, our exits. Our exits in that second half. You know, I want to go back and watch that second half. Was awful, absolutely awful. And just if any train spotters picked up on this, tune into the refs' mic when they scored that final try and kicked the conversion. There was 79 minutes and 11 seconds on the clock. The ref called time off. When they got to halfway, he calls time on. The clock went red at 80. 49 seconds disappeared. We kick the ball, he hoofs it into touch. Where'd that 49 seconds go? <laughs> Check it out, mate. You go back and have a look at the replay right now. Mate. 79 minutes and 11 seconds, he calls time off. All Blacks walk it back up to halfway. They organise what they're going to do. Moanga finally kicks short so we can attack it and then get the ball and they hoof it into touch. 49 seconds disappeared, mate. You've made me want to. I'm going to go and watch that second half tonight. I'm pretty excited to do it with all just, of those stats. You just concentrate on Mawangit's exits from that corner. Mm, nice. Oh, Matt. also, second half, we lost four lineouts. We missed six tackles. England doubled the amount of carries we had, and they dub- doubled the amount of metres made with ball in hand. Fantastic. Don't be a stranger, Matt. Jeez, I'm, I, I want to give you your own slot. Thanks heaps for calling. Fantastic right, stuff. Thanks, right. Good man. Food for thought. Back in a mo. Gull, fueling your mission. Pop into your local for some good value fuel. Gull.nz. Mark Stafford, kicking back and talking sport all afternoon. It's Afternoons with Staffy on SENZ. We go to Christchurch, talk to Russell. G'day, Russell. Oh, g'day, mate. How are you? I thought I'd better reply to that uh, one-eyed, well, not Cantabrian, but Auckland caller Matt, who was anti-Moanga. I used to go down and watch the Crusaders at our rugby park train, and before the semi-final, I watched them do their exit strategies for 20 minutes. And the exit strategy kicker was not Moanga. It was Havili. Most of the time, Havili or Enor, they moved it wide, and the exit was not Moanga. So the the biggest kicker in the all-black team is who? Geordie Barrett. Geordie Barrett. Geordie Barrett, of course. Second 5'8". Geordie Barrett should be the exit kicker. So you can't, you know, you carry out a plan. As it, when I was a basketball coach, we lost the game. It was my fault. We win the game. I sometimes you want to take the credit. It was the girls' fault. It was the girls. They won. 
So you, you've got to blame the coach. Mm. And during a game, we had a call. If we were in trouble, we had a, uh, like the 99 call, it was the injury call. Someone went down. The All Blacks need leadership on the field. They need it off the field. The call should have come down, get together, boys. This is what we need to do. Mm. But I'm not seeing that. I'm not seeing it. You can't blame Mawanga for everything. He did some great things in the first half. And, yeah, he missed a cut from the second half. But they all did. They all played poorly in that last 15 minutes. They went to sleep. End of story. And England played really well, got their noses up in, in front and thought, we've got a chance, boys. Let's run the ball. Um, Pierre. I tell you, a team I'm a bit worried about, World Cup of Scotland, you know, like, I thought it was going to be Argentina, but Scotland in the weekend. Yeah. Wow. They were brilliant, weren't they? Weren't they? So, yeah, this is going to be a great World Cup. Um, did someone say that TJ blew a knee? It's an Achilles. Someone's put me right. It's his Achilles, not his ACL, out for nine months. Uh, I thought, oh, that's tragic. I thought mm. it was something serious down low. Yeah, well, well, that's tragic for the guy. Hey, thanks for the call, Russell, Sorry especially on the exit strategy. Really good. Thank you. Yeah, cheers. Cheers, buddy. Yeah, so Karen, let me know. It's an <clears throat> Achilles, not an ACL. Karen, putting me straight. Uh, I'll get you some text messages after the break. Then we've got the news. And straight after the news, Andrew Durante, wonderful Phoenix man on the Football World Cup. <laughs> He's kidding. Robbie's kidding. <clears throat> he said, I'm going to play a song. Then I'm kidding. Carolyn's going to go and watch the game as well, given Matt's stats. Matt's stats. Um Graham texted in and said, Staff, me and the missus were watching the All Blacks game. Bodie got yellow card and the missus said they're in trouble now. And I say, nah. They score. And she says it again. And I say, nah. They score again and repeat. And I say, nah. Two minutes to go and she says, they're going to pull this off. And I say, nah. They do it. The final whistle goes and she just turns to me and says, nah. <laughs> it's like a soap opera on the couch during the rugby. Oh, Graham, you got out nard. You got out nard. Um, FIFA World Cup started this morning uh, with the host nation giving a not very good performance. By all accounts, didn't watch it. But Andrew Durante did, the wonderful Phoenix man. He's going to join us straight after the news at one. Looking forward to chatting to Jura. Gull, fueling your mission. Pop into your local for some good value fuel. Gull.nz. Get ready for a workday pick-me-up. This is Afternoons with Staffy on SENZ. Thank you to Matt for sending me through the link on that um, head first hit on Sammy Whitelock. I'll have a look at that a little bit later on. We're just struggling to get through to Jura. Andrew Durante not answering his phone. 
I can see he was online 15 minutes ago. I've just double-checked that we got the right number for him. So we'll keep trying. In the meantime, uh, let's have a look at uh, a bevy of text messages that have come on. I really do appreciate it. That is double eight double three. That is the temper bedpost text machine. Um, hey, staff, Summersoni should be starting. Has been a top three All Black this year. I feel like with some of the All Blacks, 15 selections that were made, and also some comments made about Peter Gus. Maybe James Ryan's input is starting to become a bit biased. Hot take. Hot take. Um, coaches can be... Uh, I don't necessarily want them to be provincially, prov- provincially biased, but they can be biased with their favourites because they're the best. And so if James Ryan thinks certain players are their best... Um, is that bias or is it just they reward the ones they like the most? Staffy, Dylan Schmidt was not the only Kiwi to win at the Trampoline World Champs, correct? Bronwyn Dibb won as well. Bronwyn also plays for the Canterbury Women's MPC team. Farah Palmer Cup team. Didn't know that, Carl. I knew she'd won. Didn't know she'd, uh, she plays for Canterbury in the footy as well. Fantastic. Going good in trampolining. Um, from Ken, as I've always said, Moonga will not win us a World Cup at 10. So hopefully Joe Schmidt will know this. Ken, did, I did take uh, the last caller's point, though, that he's not the guy to use for the exit strategy. It's obviously a weakness of his. Um, <clears throat> his defence is probably not what it needs to be in the front line. That's why they park him to fullback or out wide. Um, yeah, chuck Geordie Barrett in for that cannon boot. Um, I'm going to go back and watch that second half, thanks to Matt. Staffy, can you please tell me what Bowden Barrett did wrong? Looked to me like he slid down in the tackle, got to his feet and challenged for the ball. What's wrong with that, Nick P? I've been trying to find that footage when um, when I saw when I saw your text as well. I just can't find it. There's so many things happened in that game that made me scratch my head, so I'm going to go and I'll watch that when I'm watching the second half tonight. I actually thought, him and Richie Monga combined quite well. Like that kick pass, I don't think anyone does it better than Bodie. It's absolutely on point. And with the with the dual playmaker type role, um, I thought Bodie and Richie are sort of figuring that out or have refigured that out. So I thought Bodie had a good game. Um, does an orchestra have three conductors? No. Half the problem is Moonga goes into a shell playing with the Barretts. They just don't get Moonga. They just don't get, oh, gel with Moonga. Moonga needs full control to conduct. That's an interesting point. So you're telling me if Moonga starts and there's no Barretts on the field, he'd go better. Interesting. So much analysis. I love it. Um, TJ's done and Achilles not an ACL. Yep. Correct, that's Carolyn's from a little bit while ago. The last time the All Blacks had a not-so-great season, Kerry Woodham gave up drinking till they sorted themselves out. All right, I'll give up drinking. I don't drink. Well, very rare. I have the odd tipple, but nothing nothing serious. Except for Saturday night. <laughs> Except for Saturday. Uh, sorry, Zaid. Yes, this was a point I was going to bring up, um, Nick. Oh, Andrew Durante's just texting me. Okay, he's free now. Kez, give Andrew Durante a call now. Uh, Brad Weber is the second best halfback, and I'm a Blues fan. Nick P, I agree. Brad Weber will go to the World Cup. He will go to the World Cup. But Football World Cup, we're talking, it got underway this morning with a bit of an underwhelming performance from the home nation. 
but we are underway. And uh, joining us now, one of the absolute great Wellington Phoenix men, uh, an intrepid Journeys host as well, and now a Fox Sports analyst. Uh, so many caps, Jura, Andrew Durandi, great to have you on. Thanks, buddy. Oh, I think he's there now, Jura. Yes. Yes. I've got you, mate. Good to hear from you again. <laughs> I know you're busy. I appreciate it, mate. I appreciate it. Um, first thing I wanted to ask you about was Aussie are in the World Cup final, and uh, you were in New Zealand last time we made it, I'm pretty sure, and it captures the nation. Has it captured Australia having the Socceroos there? Yeah, of course. It's a, obviously a huge moment for, uh, for the Socceroos to be in another World Cup. They're, they're qualifying to get there was was a little bit dubious that took them a long time and a path that they probably didn't want to have to take so they took the, the longest I think it's the longest path to get to the World Cup um, out of anyone so it was a long journey in but yeah they're, they're in now and yeah the whole nation's um, you know pretty pumped to, to see them obviously France first up is a is a tough tough game for them but um, look there's always optimism uh, for the Socceroos when they play. Can they make it out of their group? Oh, look, it'd be tough. I'm going to say probably not. And I think most people who, um, you know, really understand it, I'd probably say no. I mean, France, yes, they've got some injury concerns, but even their second string team is still superstars um, of, of world football. So, look, the first game against France will be, you know, very challenging. Uh, they play Tunisia, which is the game that they'll be looking at uh, as, as three points if they do want to progress. But again, a, a difficult game. And then you've got Denmark, who are ranked 10th in the world um, and a really good team. So, yeah, it's going to be tough for them to get out. But they're definitely, Tunisia, three points and maybe a draw against Denmark is what they'll be targeting for sure. Is this one of the more open football World Cups? I'm a little bit of a latent fan, but um, I do enjoy the FIFA World Cup. But there seems to sort of be, when you ask people for their for their winners or who's going to make the final, so there's like eight teams people feel like could win this thing. Yeah, it's just it's such a unique uh, World Cup. The timing of it, um, being in, in the middle of the uh, season and, and players having... Um, so many injury concerns with it being inside uh, a season and then being in a location uh, like uh, Qatar is, is also such a unique um, World Cup. So uh, there's a lot of factors, a lot of unknowns, but I think, look, when I look at it, I think the big hitters are going to be there. You know, Brazil, Argentina, uh, I think Germany are going to be there. France potentially will be there. Um, I, I you know, there's a couple outsiders that, that people are starting to talk about in Holland and Belgium. But look, I think the winner is going to come from one of those those bigger nations that have been there and done it before. Where does England sit, Jura? Uh, oh, I think they'll progress out of their group, definitely. But I don't think they're going to, in my opinion, go too too deep into it. I just think, you know, the back line is, is a bit sketchy. You know, if they're going to play Maguire, Maguire hasn't even played for Man, Man United. So, you know, if he's going to be one of their starting players, you know, then they play, they generally play with that back three of Dyer, Maguire and Stones. And, you know, they're, they're good, but are they world-class defenders or is it a world-class defence? I don't think so. Um, in attack, yes, you've got Kane, you've got, you've got Sterling, you know, Rashford off the bench, but I don't think that they'll progress too deep into it, but I do think they'll get out of their group. 
I drew in the sweepstake this morning here at SENZ Argentina. If I could have handpicked one myself, I want Argentina. <laughs> I feel like Lionel Messi is going to get it done. Yeah, you got a good tip, mate. That's uh, that's who I'm picking as well. I think uh, I think they're going to be um, definitely right up there. Um, you know, I'm picking them to win it. You know, the Messi factor, obviously, and you know, just everything that surrounds that and him being the greatest of all time. And you know, I, I think it's his moment. I think the team he has around him it's it's full of superstars or egos. They've gone 35 games undefeated leading into this, so it shows that there's some some seriously good chemistry inside that team and. Um, you know they're all working so hard for each other, so I really think that they're um, they're the ones that can can take it out for sure. And the other one everyone's talking about, obviously, is Brazil, and it's hard to believe a powerhouse of Brazil hasn't won the Football World Cup for twenty years. It was a bit like the All Blacks just couldn't win another World Cup from '87. Um, I know we both both want and now think that Argentina will win. Argentina Brazil would be a phenomenal final. Oh, absolutely! Two South American powerhouses, and yeah, like you said, Brazil not um, winning it for so long is, um, you know, kind of unthinkable because they're, they're, every time they they bring out a team, and it's not so much the team that they announce; it's all the players that they leave out of the squad, and it's like they could make a second team of Brazilians that, and they would still be challenging for the for the championship as well. So. Look, they're going to be up there. They've got such good players and, and so many quality playing uh, players playing at high level. So, yeah, look, oh, they're definitely, if I don't think Argentina can win it, yeah, Brazil, I think, are the other ones that could definitely win it. And finally, Andrew Durante, when, uh, the first World Cup I remember watching or getting invested in was when Roger Miller played for Cameroon. I think he was sort of 40 or something like that. Mm-hmm. Who's the fun team for uh, the entertaining team that's going to show us a bit of razzle? Is it, is it the likes of Cameroon? Is it someone like Ghana that, that are going to entertain us? Yeah, I think it's always the Africans that are the most exciting. They, they kind of play a little bit off the calf and have a little bit more more flair and obviously the the Brazilians are, are beautiful in that in that sense as well the way they play the game but um yeah maybe Senegal I look at all the African nations and I think probably Senegal are the, are the strongest I know they, they've just missed out on uh, uh Sadio Mane won't be won't be involved which is a massive blow but I still think you know they're uh, probably the best-ranked um, African team. So they'll be exciting to watch as well. And finally, Juro, I know all the Kiwis want to know uh, what you're up to. You did your Bear Grylls thing for about a year and went, <laughs> went, went out back, went bush, and it was fantastic to follow that. But you're, you're back settled into suburban life. What's filling your days? Uh, away from the World Cup, I know you're, you're very busy with Fox doing that, but what's filling your days, mate? Um, yeah, so just done a little bit of TV work, like you said, with Fox and Channel 10. And then uh, with West United, I'm the assistant coach of our reserve team, the under-23s here. So um, really good getting and developing these young kids, getting them ready for, for first-team football. And with the first team and the, and the women's team, I'm the welfare and development manager as well. So few uh, few roles at the club, but uh, really enjoying it and, and just loving being able to contribute and, and help especially the younger kids um, become professional footballers. Any young kids there at West Sydney that we keep in mind? Maybe maybe a youngster that's broken his leg and is going to reassess his future and then turn into a star, a bit like yourself? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> We've got a few good players here. There's some, there's some good young talent coming through and uh, hopefully you know they can get some good game time and yeah, who knows what will happen in, in the future. Jura, really appreciate it. I know you're very busy, man. Thanks heaps for talking to us and the rest of New Zealand today. Go well, enjoy the cup. Pleasure, mate. Thanks, Stephanie. Great to chat.
Andrew Durante, uh, one of the nicest blokes you'll meet in, meet in sports. So what I've taken out of that is um, <clears throat> good chance that Brazil and Argentina will meet in the final. Yes. And he's picking Argentina as the one to win that one. Um, I don't mind that at all. And the fun team to watch is um, like Ghana. But Senegal, actually, is who he thinks will do the best of the Africans. I've, I've got a little point for you, Steph, actually. I was, I was looking at the bracket, and I'm fairly certain if Brazil and Argentina both win their group, they can't meet in the final. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh. So that, that'll be the semi. Big semi. Yeah. That's like the kangaroos playing the Kiwis in the semi of the rugby league with the best exactly, two teams meeting game. in a semi. So what does the other side of the bracket look like? Is that where France and Spain and all those guys hang I out? I think so. I think so. Mm. But Senegal, just looking at the Senegal group, so they've got Ecuador, Qatar and the Netherlands. Um, and I think Netherlands were ranked fourth out of all those, uh, as Sammy Hewitt put it up on the board, but I don't trust that. But Ecuador beat Qatar in the opening game. Um, but the fact they only put two past them would suggest that they're not much chop. So maybe Senegal and Netherlands going through from A. 32 teams, it's going to be so hard to keep a track of them all. But yeah, I successfully, well, I didn't draw it out. Someone else drew out Argentina next to my name. And that was the team I wanted. And that never happens. That never, ever happens. Uh, Phil, turn your radio down because I'm going to give you a score update in the NFL. And it is. The Minnesota Vikings are 8-1 and one going in today. Eight wins, one loss. And Dallas Cowboys are six wins, three losses. Dallas lead 40 to three. 40 to three. They are beating a team that's only lost one before today and only six minutes to go in the final quarter. Got some more text messages to get to after the break. Great to hear from Andrew Durante. We'll be back after that break. Some good text messages coming in a whole heap, so let's get through some. Staffy, when I called, I meant to mention, this is Zane, I meant to mention how well Lydia played to close out the championship today. Funny how people were talking about the nerves playing for $2 million, given she got a $20 million signing fee from her first management company when she turned pro. And has probably won another $20 million over her career. I don't think she would be too nervous about the cash, especially when she's about to marry a multi-billionaire next month. Shame she never gives the Kiwi media any time because we all love her. Izzy gets her on um, because Izzy's mates with Lydia. I'd love to get her on the show. Um, I was lucky enough to meet her once, very briefly, when I helped do a little fundraiser for um, one of her former teammates from North Harbour Women's Golf. I I helped organise a, a pro-am um, for Rita um, to raised some money for her to go and play on the secondary tour in the US. And um, so she contacted Lydia, and Lydia was wonderful. She donated a putter, the putter cover, dozen balls, signed everything, gloves, the whole lot. And um, and they had a they had a uh, members-only night for Lydia Co. at Pupuki. I think that's her home course, Pupuki. But they told all of the members, don't tell anyone because we don't want the media here because it just would have been a throng of media. And so it was just the members and then Lydia walked in and it was a fantastic, like, couple of hours she was there. It was just brilliant. And so I got a very short chat with her. She is an absolute jewel of of a woman and uh, so stoked she plays under our banner. Um, This one has probably got a name. I just can't – I'll get it when I get to the bottom. I'm over all the ref blaming myself – 
Raynell was clearly acting under direction from World Rugby to get everything technically correct, and it largely comes off the back of all of the whinging and moaning coming out of South Africa. As a global rugby public, we've started analysing and nitpicking every decision the refs make throughout these games instead of looking into the refereeing performance as a whole. So in the weekend, we got exactly what we asked for. And I wish World Rugby would come out and say that instead of just hanging their referee out to dry in public. Very good point. We do, we do. I'm over the fine tooth comb stuff as well. Um, but it's just so, it's not an easy game to watch anymore. Like I'll quite often find that when I'm watching the game with someone who hasn't watched much rugby, why did they do that? What's that? What's that call? Um, that sort of thing, uh, just amazing. It's it's not a simple game to follow anymore. Uh, but some of those, when he called, um, who was it on the wing offside because he was within five metres of a line-out or something, I've never seen that call before. It was quite, I know to the letter of the law it is true. And the other one was the kick through and he ruled Rico was offside, he was in front of the kicker, which he was, but normally, that's a stay out 13. You're in front 13, and then they slow down, and he would have let, was it Caleb Clark who put the kick through? I can't remember who put the kick through. Um, and he would have eased back. He just blew straight away. So it was just a change. It was just a change. Um, there's now there's a caller now saying they'd rather the All Blacks lose by 10 by trying to r- play rugby. That's how I feel about the Black Caps. Go and have a crack. I'd rather lose by having a genuine tilt at it rather than meandering to a run of all 60 and easily losing. I know the topic was rugby, but I'm more wound up about the cricket. Craig, I'm with you. Just sitting there saying, in the cricket particularly, does anyone want to win this game? Like, run a ball's not going to cut it. And in T20, when you use 60 of the balls, that's half of them. And you're just going a run a ball? Now the other 60 have to go for two runs of ball. It just um, doesn't make sense to me. Um, I've got the World Rugby Awards here, so I'll read those to you uh, soonish. Um, as Goldie said, Rico is a world-class centre, and Steve Devine said the best centre in the world. Not sure what Dean's going on about. It was Clark on the wing to Rico. Give the All Blacks a B. We will win the World Cup. Ken. <laughs> I got a message on Twitter saying didn't wasn't Rico's try amazing and he scored it on the wing. <laughs> he scored it down the touchline, but I know what you're saying. I know what you're saying. Staffy, something that has changed the game 15 months out from the Rugby World Cup is from July, water is only allowed on at certain times. Messages from the top can only come at scores or injuries, which sometimes can be a while in between each of those. I guess there is now a lot to remember from the start or half time. Also, there will be things unsure on the field until the next break. It could bring the game back to being run by those on the field, which is a big adjustment from the last 10 to 15 years. Yes, yeah, so the um, interaction from... The coaches' boxes up top now, I know they've got walkie-talkies down to their water runners, but the water runners aren't allowed on now. They have that compulsory break at near enough the 20-minute mark. But boy, oh boy, we've got people with 100 test matches under their belt that could do that on the run, haven't they? And I don't mind if Sam Whitelock says to Ethan DeGroote, 
mate, just do your ankle or take your boot off because they don't don't do any um, restarts from line out or scrum without all of the the guys that are involved being ready. Get them in, have a chat, change tack, and I'm just not seeing it. Uh, Ian Jones thinks Bowden is a better fullback than ten. He must have said that on the show last week, Chris. Uh, any French ref gives me the heebie-jeebies. This is from Rory. That try that was so inconclusive, how could they award that when you couldn't see if it was grounded on the line? TJ's kick to give England the ball to attack with was just dumb, and Rico is a winger at test level. He looked confused on defence. That kick. Knowing PJ, TJ Perinara, he will probably watch that and wish he could have it back. Um I did see an argument for it was the referee was just finding penalties at breakdowns ad nauseum and we risked giving away a penalty. And I can understand that, but kick it long. As a court, as Matt said earlier, get Geordie Barrett in the pocket and just say, give us one of your 65-metre cannons and make them build from inside their 22, not from halfway with 15 on 14. Staffy, just to point on the people about the All Blacks and Black Ferns comparisons, anyone that hasn't seen it, watch the 2017 World Cup Women's Final. The way the Black Ferns are playing is nothing new. It's the fact so many more are watching it. World Rugby needs to look at how the refs are slowing men's rugby and pushing the fans away. That's from Andrew. I timed one of the scrums. Two minutes from when he awarded it until the halfback cleared it from the number eight. Two minutes, one scrum. It did collapse twice and reset. That's two minutes. That's two minutes too long. Two minutes far too long. New sport and weather with Johnny Mack. And we'll come back. I think we're going TAB at 1.30. I think we're going TAB at 1.30. Yes, we are. Paul Mawari after the news. Yes, we are heading to the TAB.co.nz for all your form, your stats, your results, uh, life betting markets, specials, promotions, bonus backs, multi buses, the whole lot. Paul Mawadi from the TAB. Busy man. Good afternoon, Steph. Busy, busy man. Um, end of the All Black season. Uh, Georgia beat, beat Wales. Uh, Wallabies nearly beat Ireland. There was a there was something for everyone for the rugby punters this weekend. Yes, and I guess it was appropriate that the All Blacks finished their uh, season on a draw because uh, it has been um, a season that's been all over the place. Uh, a seasons of uh, first, uh, certainly for the opposition uh, of the All Blacks. So yeah, the draw sort of. It's almost like one of those um, a little mini-series to be continued next year. So we turn our focus to American sport this week, I reckon, and a bit of Black Caps action as well. Where do we start? Uh, well, we can have a look at the NFL. Um, all of the morning games are pretty much finished. I think the Steelers and Bengals still have uh, a couple of minutes to go. And then we've got the uh, main game of the day, the LA Chargers hosting the Kansas City Chiefs. 
the Chiefs looking very, very good with uh, Patrick Mahomes um, having uh, an MVP calibre season. They are dollar forty favourites. The Kansas City Chiefs to win that game. The Chargers two ninety five. Uh, Chiefs are a five and a half point favourites, and the game total still fifty two and a half as it was this morning. Um, the money has come for over fifty two and a half. Also minus five and a half on the Chiefs and the Chiefs at a dollar forty. So if the money or the action is anything to go by, Kansas City Chiefs should win this one fairly comfortable and we should see quite a few points in it as well. And there's a bonus back promotion on that game. Just head to the TAB website to check out all the T's and C's. T's and C's. Uh, Kane Williamson, top run scorer for the next match. 15 bucks. <laughs> he is second favourite to, to be the Black Caps top run scorer in the next match at $4.20 Steph <laughs> I'll ask the boys if they'll boost him to 15 I'm not sure you'll get that though no uh, uh, mo- no. most balls no. maybe most balls most balls um, yeah, yeah. Uh, the All Blacks though it, uh, the season was real Hodgepodge. What did you see from the betting traffic as patterns through the season? Did they generally stick with the All Blacks or did they move away for periods then come back? What, what was the punting pattern for support for the All Blacks? No, they did. They did move away um, in blocks, uh, to be fair. Um, the Irish series uh, here, they, they, there are a number of punters who jumped on the Irish um, even after that first test match at Eden Park. So, yeah, the Irish were well supported in the second and third tests, and those punters got rewarded. Um, of course, I, I guess uh, up against Argentina in that, uh, and the uh, South Africans, it was all over the place. It was early money for South Africa, and then money came for the All Blacks late. Um, so I, I guess it was very much like that sort of roller coaster ride that the All Blacks had. It was very similar in terms of the support that they had from punters uh, and their sort of the cash that they were willing to lay down. So yeah, it was a funny one because we could, you know, Steph, I don't have to tell you, Steph, that we could almost always, when there was an All Black test, we know that we'd have a significant liability on the All Blacks pretty much every single test match. Well, well it just wasn't the case this time, this season. Awesome, Paulie. And Football World Cup, um, I was going to say you'll need half an hour, but what are the promotions? What are the specials? How can we get involved? Uh, we've got a bonus back promotion on selected matches. Just place a pre-match head-to-head bet on either team. And if the game ends in a draw, we'll refund your bet up to $50 as a bonus bet. So check out all the qualifying matches. They'll be in the Punters Lounge on the TAB website. Um the boys have got any number of boosted odds markets up for you in the World uh, Football World Cup hub on the website. So everything that you need to know or, or need to bet on in regards to the Football World Cup, just head to the Football World Cup hub on the TAB website. Um, they've got power plays for every game. They've got power plays for every day. So if you take tomorrow morning, for example, England play Iran, Senegal play the Netherlands, USA play Wales. Um, a power, some of the power plays I've got for that. Eight or more goals from all the matches, 250. Any team to win by three or more goals, 250. Hmm. Two plus goals in every match, $3. He's the one. So there's, there's plenty there 
for you to, uh, and I'm sure Ricardo's been like filtering through every single little <laughs> option that we've got, and he'll he'll have something that sticks out, and he'll go, that's a ridiculous price. So <laughs> he's probably the best person to talk to, and I'll be listening because if he does, if he tips something out, I'll certainly have a go because he knows too. his football, knows his round yeah. ball code. <clears throat> Paulie, uh, always good to chat to you, buddy. Enjoy the rest of your week. Thank you, Steph. Have a good one, mate. Cheers, buddy. Paul Moari, tv.co.nz. Jeez, the, the football hub is gangbusters. It's fantastic in there in all of the options. I had a question about the rankings after this weekend. Uh, World Rugby hasn't hasn't updated them, but I have with my own calculator. Um, Ireland's unmoved at the top. France unmoved at second. New Zealand third, uh, but we did go down some points, but we've held on to third just from South Africa. Uh, the movers were Scotland moved up three spots, up to sixth. Uh, Argentina dropped one uh, to seventh. Wales dropped two to ninth on the back of their loss to Georgia. Georgia have gone up a spot. Uh, they're the biggest improvers as far as points go. Uh, they are now up to 13th. And interestingly, Georgia are now ahead of Fiji, Tonga, Spain, Uruguay, Portugal, USA. Um, They're on a bit of a tear, Georgia. Uh, Italy are at 12, Samoa 11, Japan 10, uh, Wales 9. So Wales now barely holding on to a top 10 spot in the world. Incredible. Absolutely incredible. And Aussie unchanged at 8. So, yep, New Zealand's still ranked third. We'll take a break and we will come back. We'll find out from the crew in the hot box what's making news. It's Afternoons with Staffy. Ladies and gentlemen, gentlemen, I've I've just been handed an urgent and horrifying news story. And I need all of you to stop what you're doing and listen. What's making news around the world. Ladies and ladies and ladies and gentlemen. You know what? Since Sammy's not here and we've got a young DJ Rubinho on here, I thought I'd just mix it up. It was like a little scratchy. What, 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 what's making news? <laughs> yeah, you know, Fresh Prince of that Kiss here. Yeah. <laughs> That's you. Sorry, Savvy. What's making news, champ? Look, Steph, I just told you in that break before I'm getting emotional, right? And it's this World Cup, this FIFA World Cup. I think it's the FIFA World Cup in general. Put this one aside this year. Ugh, a bit touchy-touchy. But I think the World Cup is the greatest spectacle in sports, closely second behind the Olympics, right? So my first story today is actually World Cup themed. Oh, oh, don't oh, give me that face, please. It just is to me. It's so emotional. You just gave me the look of disgust. Yeah, but like, here's, here's the difference for me. And, yep. you, and you're fully allowed to feel emotional about an event that has one game. And it's the same game every day. The Olympics, you get weightlifting and water polo and gymnastics and equestrian. I like the variety of the Olympics. But hey, you do you. One sport, non-stop. Go. Oh, well, I love it. I love it. So, Luciano Wernicke. Oh, he, yeah. He's an Argentinian writer. He's actually written quite... I looked him up. He's, he's done quite well for himself. Wernicke. Uh, yes, he has. Uh, he's come out with a book called Incredible World Cup Stories, where basically he goes around the world from every World Cup and just gets regular, everyday people's craziest World Cup stories. So I'll leave the last one, which is my personal favourite. So a Uruguay player returned to the field after suffering a heart attack. Mm-hmm. That was oh. something crazy that happened. back. In, this is all in this book. Okay. Uh, had a heart attack during a game, left the field and came back. Yes. 
Yes, he did. Uh, Christian Eriksen from Robinho's Denmark did that in the Euros. Wow. He returned to the tournament. Uh, a Russian couple have broken up over arguing who was better at heading into this World Cup, Messi or Ronaldo. They were together for four years and they broke up just because of Messi versus Ronaldo, which is actually me versus you because I drew Portugal. But my favourite one, Steph. A radio station host in South Africa in 2010 offered some tickets to the first, to the opening World Cup game. South Africa versus Mexico, I think it was, off memory. The competition was quite broad. It was whatever you can do that is the craziest will win you the tickets. Right. So a young uh, South African man jumped into a river full of crocodiles uh, and, and videoed it, and he won tickets to the World Cup. <laughs> so if you have any crazy FIFA World Cup stories, drop them through. I just thought I'd open with that because the World Cup is my favourite thing in the world. Steph, we go to Texas. I I had to ask Sammy how I can say this one, just because I thought it was the, one of the most ridiculous things I've ever heard. A Texas family in uh, Gainesville have have bought a house, right, and they're, they're uh, renting it out to people, and, and a few of the renters claimed the house was haunted. Mm-hmm. Now, the the ghosts that have, they've obviously passed on, they're stuck in the middle ground, uh, if you believe in ghosts. This ghost's occupation shares a position with... Samasoni Tokiaho on the rugby field, if you understand what I'm saying, and Cody gotcha. Taylor. So they wear the number two on their back. Yes. Uh, the, one of the r- tenants was uh, having a shower. Her husband wasn't home, so she was home alone. She was in the shower, and uh, just as she turned it off, she heard someone say, Looking good. <laughs> no. She turned around and said, Thank you, and then proceeded, in her words, to have a very pleasant conversation with this ghost. The best thing about it, this is her quote, they try to stir up business, but they can't figure out a way to conclude the transaction, so nothing ever <laughs> happens. <laughs> oh, that was one that I thought was uh, very strange. Now, Steph, one I brought, wanted to bring up to you uh, when I did What's Making News on Friday, but I couldn't remember if anyone had told it. Have you heard of Uncle Chen? Nah. So I've seen this everywhere on social media over the last two weeks. Uncle Chen, he's a uh, he's a Chinese man who's fifty years old and he likes to run marathons. Oh, he seemed told us this the other he day. He did. Yeah, I asked the him. The chain smoking nah, marathoner. Goodness sakes! Do you know where he finished and stuff? Yeah, he told us his time and everything. Yeah, it was fantastic. So I just thought that was impressive for you. So that was my last story, Steph. You know, I'm a man that loves facts. You do love a fact. Every when I look for these facts. Sometimes it just gets to a point where I have to look up unbelievable facts. Yeah. Right? And then I was saying to Rabinho this morning, every time I look at them, I'm like, nah, that's probably believable. You know, you get so, uh, what do you call it, uh, when you block out the unbelievable factor of it. So I'm not really that surprised. But Rabinho has actually pulled me out a stunning fact. Steph, did you know? <laughs> no. More than 100 babies are conceived annually at tailgate parties for the Super Bowl. <laughs> <laughs> I wonder... I wonder what, what's going to happen in, in a year when we have all these babies that parents have just come back from a Qatar a year ago now. Oh, yes. So that, yeah, that was my fact of the day. Mm. Good well, fact. Rubinho's fact of the day. I can't steal it, but yeah. Good fact. Uh, Rory sent us through saying, uh, speaking of crocodiles, my missus reckons I have a reptile dysfunction. <laughs> <laughs> That's good from you, Rory. That's good from you, Rory. More text messages of that quality after the break. Lots of text messages. I love them. Double eight, double three. Tampa Bed Post text machine. You're on Afternoons with Staffy. Brought to you in association with Gull. Gull.nz for your local distribution hub. 
<clears throat> call it a hub, and um, just register there, and they will let you know when the goodies they have a. I think it's a 36-hour special when you can go and tank up, which is cool. Um, <clears throat> Dean needs to take some happy pills. We've competed and even dominated all the front rows since the must-win South Africa test. I don't agree what he said about Scott Barrett. He had a solid game. Uh, the all-black back line sorted for next year, besides one wing. Drop the two wingers, add Jordan, one spot up for grabs. Darren and Perth. G'day, Darren in Perth. Darren's comfortable. From Craig Staffy, when the All Blacks were 14 points up, they got the ball from a kickoff and from the mall or ruck put in a crossfield kick that did not come off. It gave England the ball back and it led to their three points. Why not either hold on to the ball and build pressure or put the ball deep into English territory and make them work for it? The kick pass is great when it comes off and in the right part of the field, but at that point, it was the perfect opportunity to keep the foot on the throat, so to speak. Game management is a big issue for Craig. Um, someone someone uh, on Twitter, I think, well, at the end of the game said, not once from set piece did the ball go through the chain of the back line. It was kick passes, um, grub apart, uh, chip kicks, all that. No back line enterprise, no set piece plays. I love a set piece play. World, um, sorry, Rico penalty was from counter-attack, and I agree with the amount of stoppages in play, doing people's heads in. Uh, Staffy, my highlight of the morning was the bully boy, Michael Smith, finally winning a major darts final. This could be the first of many. Now he has got the monkey off his back. I didn't know that, Carl. I am so delighted for the bully boy. Oh, that is fantastic news. Um, Such a talented darter, dartsman, darts person. I don't know what they call them. Oh, that's cool. So he, I watched quite a bit of that over the weekend, forgot the finals were on. Good news, bully boy. The Crusaders coach and his former assistant, Ronan Agara, are understood to be on a three-man RFU shortlist to succeed Eddie Jones next year. Who succeeds Eddie Jones and who succeeds Ian Foster, if indeed Ian Foster is succeeded? If Ian Foster succeeds at the World Cup, is he succeeded? That's an interesting pondering Mouthy, wordy one. Uh, G'day, Staffinator. I thought the All Blacks played their best game this year, or at least for 70 minutes. Uh, Talia on the wing has been great. Outstanding, in fact, in my opinion. Luckily, I had five bucks on the draw, so a nice $90 collect there. All Blacks defended stoutly and may have been a bit depleted energy-wise in that last 10 minutes. Cheer from Brian. That's what the bench is for. And it didn't happen this time. The enthusiasm wasn't quite there that maybe they thought the game was across the line. Anyway, we're coming up to one o'clock. Going to go over to Matty White in the next half hour in Australia. He'll have a dig at me. You watch. Very shortly, we're going to get the three winners, joint winners, or are they winners, of 
Our sweepstake from Friday, three people picked a draw and the tiebreaker was to pick an anytime try scorer. Two of them picked Geordie Barrett, didn't score. One of them picked the penalty try, didn't score. So uh, we'll get the three of them up and they can combine to, to put on a multi. Uh, still to come, we're half time, we're oranges in the show now. Still to come, we'll do the sweepstake giveaway. Uh, Matty White from across the ditch, our SEN host over there. We'll have a chat as we do on Mondays. Uh, we're going to play the vault. We've got a brand new vault for you. $100 TAB bonus bet up for grabs. Sammy didn't do the vault. So you're going to have to get inside Ke- uh, Captain K's mind now because he's done the vault today and he's just as secretive about things. Uh, so I don't know what it is. Uh, we'll revisit Show Me the Money as well. We're going to catch up with Monty Beetham. Uh, former Kiwi, former, former Toa Samoa representative and uh, former captain of the Warriors as well about the Rugby League World Cup and more particularly about what it's done for Samoan Rugby League and the Samoan people. Like uh, I was mentioning last week, that there were just flags everywhere and <clears throat> I went for a bit, of drive, a bit of a drive yesterday heading to Sylvia Park through South Auckland and I went off the motorway and I thought, I'll go the, I'll go the residential streets. The flags were still out. The pride shown from the Samoan supporters and all of the Pacific Islands was just fantastic. There were still Tongan flags and Fijian flags. The whole shebang was out there. So going to have a chat to Monty Beetham. Also coming off the bench, um, Carl Budge, who's very involved in Sale GP, um, put out something on LinkedIn about an hour ago, which I found fascinating about the viewing figures of Sale GP in the American market. Seems to be doing... Uh, quite well over there so I just wanted to get Carl Budge on A because he's a good bloke and B the sale GP is making noise um, around the world so keen to get him on and have a chat about that as well we'll have a look back in the day as we always do uh, just trying to get the third of the three up I don't know if they're answering their phone although that was Kenny that was our first caller of the day and I said g'day Kenny he just said show me the money he yelled show me the money <laughs> so he should be getting ready as well um, just drag across those names as they're ready to chat if you can, team, and uh, and I'll bring them in. So we had a sweepstake on uh, on Friday, picked the winning team, the exact margin, and the tiebreaker was going to be a try scorer. Let's go to the first of them, Kenny. G'day, Kenny. Hey, Steffi, how are you? Right, I talked to you a couple of hours ago. I told you what was going to happen. So you and Sean... And Brendan are all going to pick a leg each. We're not getting involved. It's completely up to you three guys. We're going to put that $50 prize on uh, collectively for you all, and you can split it between you. So you get first pick in your three-leg multi. Oh, I was going to ask if I could go last, but um, <laughs> uh, can we go Crusaders to just back up and get – get uh, Super Rugby next year or is that too far out? Man, that's, right, that, right. that's miles away. That's miles away. I don't think your two, your two fellow I'd, guys would be keen I to work I was hoping Ken would have picked the draw as well and that would have really um, pissed him off a bit. <laughs> no. What about something in the Football World Cup or something this week? Uh, yeah. Um, what have we got on golf-wise this week? Because I've been a bit busy to look at it, to be honest. Golf this week, um, it, well, it's the Players' Championship this week. Um, I'm just having a quick little squiz. Yes, all the top golfers, John Rahm's favourite, Justin Thomas's second favourite, then there's Rory, Morikawa, Patrick Cantlay. They're all there. It's the big dance. Oh, hang on. 
Let, that's not till March next year. I've got that wrong. Oh, okay. I've got okay. that, that okay. wrong. Because um, my other, my other, my other long-range bet would have been Ryan Fox to win a major next year. But <laughs> I didn't know which one I wanted to bet. Chief, that, that's too long. How about? Yeah. Okay. We'll shorten things up. Um. How about we go to Wellington Phoenix to win the next game? There we go. Australia A League. Um, Mind you, that's after the World Cup. That's it? after the World Cup, and the odds aren't out for that. You're not having a great strike rate here. You're not having a great strike. I'm not, am I? No. Oh, that's why I wanted to go last, Steffi. Well, um, I tell you what, you park yourself there. Think about a football World Cup or something like that. We'll go to the next guy, Sean. G'day, Sean. Can you be a little bit Steffi. more more short term and a little bit more decisive? <laughs> Oh, I'm about the same, mate. Um, all came as a surprise, but I'm going to stick to the bread and butter, I think. Uh, rugby. Yep. England, South Africa. Um, I think South Africa's going to win. Yep. But is there an odds of England to lead at halftime, South Africa full-time? Let me have a look for you. England, South Africa... Who do you want? Uh, have I got that there? Halftime, full time. They've got the winning team at margin. They've got points start. Uh, first team to score, both teams to score. Oh, South Africa, 1 to 12. There you go. South Africa, 1 to 12. Yeah. Nice and simple. $3. Yeah. Perfect. Yeah, that'll do. You're in. Champion. We're underway. Good on you, Sean. Um, now cheers, we're, cheers, buddy. Um, Brendan from Queenstown. How about you, mate? I'm good to go away. You're good. Look at that. Decisive. What do you like? Wait, I had, I had all the other time. I'll go Aussie in the nose to beat Wales. I think it's dollar sixty-seven. Aussie to beat Wales at football World Cup. No, so in rugby. Sorry, I don't. Yeah, oh, don't sorry, in the rugby. I'm going back to rugby then. Aussie to beat Wales at a dollar sixty-seven. Lock it in. Bang! Just like that. Champion. Thank you, buddy. Now we go back yeah. to Kenny. You, you, we're back to you, Kenny. Um, you got your wish. Your last. Let's hear you. Yeah, we're going to go England. England to win the uh, World Cup game. Dollar thirty, I think he said. England against Iran. Uh, yeah, um, football, football, football World Cup. England dollar thirty against Iran. Okay, so our multi there is six fifty. Well, six three hundred and uh, five five three twenty five two seventy five. So just under a hundred bucks each if it comes in. Nice. That'll do us up. I'm only doing that because my uh, brother-in-law is Persian, so, uh, (laughs) yeah. You're a complicated man. (laughs) Thanks, buddy. All right. So our triumphant of sweepstake winners have got South Africa 1-12 against England, Australia to beat Wales head-to-head, and England to beat Iran $1.30, I think my maths says um, a $50 bonus bet on that is just under 300 bucks. That was a lot harder than what I was expecting, but we got there. We did get there. Well, we 27565 divided by three. Oh, I can't do that. 90, 90 something. 9166. Is that about right? I don't know. Something like that. Whew. Anyway, something else I've got here. So good luck to you, fellas. I've got all of the rugby awards, 10, 2015. Yeah, all of the rugby awards are here. So I'm going to t- let you know who won what. Uh, it looks like it's cut the top one off. 
Oh, I hate our printer. Oh, no, here it is. Uh, full list of awards. Women's, World Women's 15th Player of the Year was Ruahei Dement from New Zealand. World Rugby Men's 15th Player of the Year was Josh van der Fleer from Ireland. He had a big say in Ireland beating the All Blacks, didn't he? Uh, Coach of the Year, Wayne Smith, Black Ferns. World Rugby Men's Breakthrough Player of the Year, uh, Ange Capuazzo from Italy. He is awesome. Don't, don't mind that. Women's Breakthrough Player of the Year, our Ruby Tui. Fantastic. Uh, Men's Sevens Player of the Year was Terry Kennedy from Ireland. Women's Sevens Player of the Year was Charlotte Kaslick from Australia. This one surprised me a bit. World Rugby Referee of the Year, Tapa Henning from South Africa. Uh, this one I particularly liked, which was the Vernon Pugh Award for Distinguished Service, was New Zealand's Dr. Farah Palmer. Fantastic. Uh, International Rugby Players Special Merit Award went to Brian Habana from South Africa. Uh, the Rugby Players Men's Try of the Year. Go and watch this. It is Rodrigo Fernandez from Chile versus the USA. Unbelievable try. Unbelievable try. Uh, the Rugby Players Women's Try of the Year was Abby Dow, England versus Canada on the 5th of November. And then I have got the two... Um, dream teams of the year. So women's team and men's team. Top 15 players of the year. Women's team. Forward pack. Hope Rogers, USA. Emily Tutosi, Canada. Sarah Byrne, England. Abby Ward, England. Madusu Fall, France. Alex Matthews, England. Marley Packer, England. Sophie Degood, Canada. No Black Ferns in the forwards. Then we go to the backs. Uh, Laura Santos, she was wonderful actually, the halfback from France. Then the New Zealanders, Ruhe Demont, uh, Ruby Tui, Teresa Fitzpatrick, Portia Woodman, and then Emily Scarlett from England at centre and Abby Dow from England at fullback. The men's winners, the top men's team of the year goes like this, Alice Genge, England, Malcolm Mark, South Africa, Tyg Furlong, Ireland. Second row, Tyg Byrne, Ireland. Sam Whitelock, New Zealand. Pablo Matera, Argentina. Josh van der Fleer from Ireland. And Gregory Audrey from France is number eight. Better than Artie? Hell no. Uh, number nine, Antoine Dupont. He was last year's player of the year. Uh, first five, Johnny Sexton. Second five, Damien Delandi. Centre, Lucan Nuam from South Africa. The wings, Marika Corumbete. And Will Jordan, and the fullback, Freddie Stewart from England. So just Sam Whitelock and Will Jordan in the world, 15 of the year. They are the rugby awards that have come out earlier this morning. Right, we will have a little break. When we come back, we're going to chat to Maddie White out of SEN. Yes, very shortly we're going to go across to Matty White. just have to pad for a few seconds. I think we've synchronised our watches and it's his turn to introduce us, so he should be there about now. All righty, let's go across the ditch on this Monday and catch up with our old mate Staffy. He's got a 
Well, I reckon it's a mix, mixed bag. Is, it, is that the best way to sort of summarise your weekend over there? Mate, New Zealand sport this year has been very box of chocolates from Forrest Gump. Like, we, we're used to having weekends where it's just awesome, awesome, awesome. It's a real mixed bag, and I was searching for some highlights for us from this weekend, but um, unfortunately our, our Kiwi Ferns in the Women's Rugby League World Cup final got dusted up by the Jillaroos, having just nine days early and nearly beat them. All Blacks somehow managed to find a draw from a certain win. Um, and then our Black Caps against in, uh, India B last night in a T20 match got absolutely flogged. Our only bright thing, really, uh, we won the World Championships in trampolining and Lydia Ko won the yep. final tour event um, on the LPGA Tour. Right, so let's talk about trampolining. How did that <laughs> Oh, man, talk about that is a real, real uh, up and down yo yo kind of weekend. So, yeah, well done to Lydia Co. Well done to the trampolining. Um, but what on earth's going on with the All Blacks then? And where does this leave Ian Foster? Look, uh, New Zealand rugby said quite some time ago that Ian Foster's safe in his job, but I can tell you what, he won't be comfortable. And. When you can be so many points ahead with so few minutes left on the scoreboard and somehow conceding a draw, that is so concerning. And in the post-match, he said there were some fantastic, you know, some real positives out of the game, which there were. But unfortunately, um, the game of rugby is 80 minutes, not 70. And he was just... I don't know, the, the feeling is there were substitutions made just for the hell of it. Um, we always substitute the halfback with 20 minutes to go, so he did. There was no need for it. And ultimately, and with two minutes to go, with the All Blacks up by seven, looking like I was going to win the sweepstake, uh, replacement halfback um, did a little funny little chip kick, gave the ball to England uh, from a very good attacking spot, and uh, they scored, got the conversion, and it was a draw. And we were left there, I was left there sitting at eight o'clock in the morning, go, what did I just see? That, that is so bizarre. And meanwhile, on the on the other side, mate, I mean, there's a lot of talk around England. I know there were a few boos around there at the Twickenham crowd that, that England could have kept going, but Marcus Smith kicked the ball out to take the draw. So there's a little bit of chatter around, should we have kept going? This is from the English side. Um, should they have kept going and tried to get that win, or the, were they happy with the draw? And it appears as though it's the latter. Oh, that was unbelievable. They'd scored 19 unanswered points. They had 15 versus 14. Now, Marcus Smith had people to his right and his left. They said it was a field position situation. For God's sake, man, you were 60 metres out, admittedly, but you were midfield. You could go either way. You were 15 on 14. He just turned and kicked it out. And I just thought, you can beat the All Blacks on Twickenham. You can really dent them. And they didn't. And Captain Farrell sort of sort of um, endorsed the decision for Smith to kick it out. So did Eddie Jones. Well, Eddie just said, I I trust my players to make on-field decisions. I don't think he was happy with it. I don't think Farrell, the ultimate competitor, was happy with it. That that was a blown chance for them. That's why the last, the last couple of minutes I was just left there. Didn't anyone want to win that game? Like, we threw it away. England didn't want to win it. What's going on? Mm. Meanwhile, what's going on with the Wallabies? I mean, what, what was your take? You get close against Ireland, the number one team in the world, then you're going okay. But again, it's another loss. And Dave Rennie's um, strike rate in his three years is sitting at 36%. So 13-10, it's another case of close but no cigar for Australia. Yeah, I think the fact that they got so close to the number one team in isolation 
Um, they played well. In fact, they've played well all year. He's just what are you onto about your sixth wing? Just for an example, he's never had a, he's never yeah. had the the ability to to pick his top team ever ever in his tenure. There's always people gone, and I enjoyed the Wallabies game more than the All Blacks game. Now that's saying something because it was pretty dour. It was, but it was knife edge the whole time. And those Wallabies give absolutely everything for their jersey, which is a bit more than what I can say for the All Blacks. Um, those guys came on off the bench and wanted to make a difference. Ours went on just to get another cap. Um, I, I really feel sorry for Wallabies supporters. Um, if there's one thing I'd say is hang in there. You're showing so much with so little resource. I know the heat's on. I know Aussie are a, a nation of expecting sporting excellence, and, and you should, and you do. But do we cut a bit of slack for Dave Rennie? I would. I can see enough that with an off-season, some clean-up sort of arthroscopic surgeries and some rest for your ageing players, I still think you're going to have a good year next year. So what is it? World Cup less than 10 months away. Australia's lost nine of 13 test matches this year. That's a real, it's a really hard one for Australian rugby fans and the broader sporting fans to buy into the Wallabies. Just off the back of that, I, I know what you're saying about building. We get close to Ireland. Hasn't, hasn't had the right team to be able to pick the whole way around, but the chopping and changing is doing people's heads in. All the excuses under the sun. But as you well know, Staffy, to get, to get the fan base going, you have to get wins on the board. So Wales is a huge one, and there's a little bit of chatter as I've picked up this morning as I've gone through the news. Is just a little bit of chatter, whispers, that if they go down against Wales, who've been in a bucket of poo themselves, then there might be some pressure, some proper pressure put on Dave Rennie. Yeah, there will. There will. And especially when you consider Georgia just beat Wales in the weekend, which is amazing for Georgia. Just amazing. But the other thing Rennie's got, he's going to have a Welsh team that's just lost to Georgia wanting to prove a point. And I think Rennie lost four players again from that last game. Um, he'll be looking for domiciled barmen in pubs in Wales that, that you have got an Australian passport that know how to catch a ball. I mean... Again, I'm not making excuses for him, but it's the reality of what he's got. But the pressure will come on. It really will. But the big thing is, if you get rid of him, who do you replace him with? That's the big question. I guess Michael Cech is the obvious one, but he's with Argentina. Yeah, he's got himself a job. Uh, are you getting into the World Cup at the moment? I mean, only early days, obviously, just the one match. But are you digging into the FIFA World Cup? Look, I am now because in the office sweep at SENZ over here, I drew Argentina. So I am well pleased with that. I am well pleased with that. So, yeah, up the Argies. And uh, Lionel Messi, he's my boy for the next month. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, mate, I would have been running around shirt off, you know, sliding into the corner post if I got Argentina in the sweep. And then, obviously, the Rugby League World Cup finals. So good effort by uh, Samoa to make the final Australia winning that one and a big one, a 50-point win over you guys for the women's Algillaroos team. So um, we were we were asking this morning our player of the tournament for Australia. Who do you think, you're, in your eyes, was the player of the tournament overall at the Rugby League World Cup? Oh, that is tough. That is tough. Whenever Latrell Mitchell laces up a boot, I'm just a big fanboy of his. I think he's wonderful. But probably one of your workhorses up the front, there the, are the no frills type guys, and you could throw a blanket over them, but... That's a tough question because as yeah. I, the, the good thing about the Kangaroos, they really played as a unit. Um, they are a team of individuals, but they collectively played as a unit, and that's the magic of Mel Meninga, isn't it? 
Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And and that's what he brings. That's exactly what he brings, mate. Not so much the technical side of things, as, as we understand, but certainly the ability, you know, and that's the classic case, Taffy, been there, done that, look up to somebody like Malling, and when he says do this or, you know, this is the way that we're going to operate as a unit, then you go, okay, I'm listening because you're Mal. Um, just, you mentioned the T20, mate. Too much, too soon? If you have to, mate. Like, uh, we, New Zealand has one of the best batsmen in the world in Kane Williamson, but it's now becoming very apparent if Finn Allen doesn't work at the top, doesn't score runs at the top of the order. Now, he got none off two last night, so Kane was in in the first over. And then he's blocking and leaving balls and getting singles. We needed 200, and he got a runner ball 50. Now, normally, that's okay. Squeeze it into one day as it's okay. Test match, fantastic. Um, and the pressure's on him now. You're talking about pressure on Rennie and the Wallabies. The pressure on Gary Stead and Kane Williamson now. We love Kane Williamson, fantastic test cricketer, um, but someone's going to have to make a, da- a hard decision and save him from himself. He's just using up too many balls. And Devon Conway last night, we, after five overs, we were never going to win. Never going to win. Are the crowds getting behind it, mate? Yeah, New Zealand, New Zealand public love the cricket, love getting along, and they played at Bay Oval last night, which is one of the uh, leading holiday destinations in summer. It wasn't quite summer. There was a bit of rain delay. Um, we should all be talking about Tim Southey's hat-trick that he got last night on the and sort of surged New Zealand to win. He got a bloody hat-trick, and we still couldn't keep them under 190. Um, it's just it's remarkable. <laughs> and, and do you know what? That summarises your mixed bag of a weekend. So let's see how you go next time around. We'll chat next week. All right, mate. I don't want the Turkish delight anymore. Give me the dairy milk. I tell you what, Rabinu in the hot box, he's busted out this music and I went, we're not doing a new bracket, but Rabinio, you say we are. We're, 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 doing a, we're doing a small bracket. This is your, uh, this is your FIFA, official FIFA World Cup prediction music. Okay. Um, so, yeah, we're, we're going we're gonna to try and go through this very quickly, but okay. I want you to yeah, let, let, me know, let me know what's happening okay. um, in the FIFA groups and we're going to put together a little bracket and you're going to tell us who's going to win the FIFA World Cup. Then we're going to play it out. When it inevitably happens. Okay. And um, so this is me. I'm going to do the predictions. Yeah, that's great. Oh, this is a good neutral. This is almost um, like Switzerland neutral. That's yeah. me. Okay. Right. What so, do I have to do? So basically, I'm going to I'm going to run through the pools. Mm-hmm. I'm going to give you four teams, mm-hmm. and you're just going to tell me who's first and who's second. Okay. Right. Right. Ecuador, Netherlands, Senegal, Qatar. Netherlands first. Senegal's. Oh no! I'll go Senegal first, Netherlands second. Oh, okay. That's a okay. That's a that's a good start. Uh, Group B: England, Iran, USA, Wales. England first, USA second. Okay. Group C: Argentina, Mexico, Poland, Saudi Arabia. Argentina. <sighs> Jeepers. Poland. Argentina, Poland. Uh, Group D, Australia, Denmark, France, Tunisia. France, Denmark. Yep. Okay. Uh, Costa Rica, Germany, Japan, Spain. Ooh. Ooh. Yeah. G- 
Germany, Spain. Germany, Spain. Okay. Uh, Belgium, Canada, Croatia, Morocco. Belgium. Who was the third one you said? Croatia. Yeah. Yeah. Belgium, Croatia. Uh, over to Group G, Brazil, Cameroon, Serbia, and Switzerland. Brazil, Switzerland. Brazil, Switzerland. Um, and finally, Ghana, South Korea, Portugal, and Uruguay. Jeepers. Portugal, Ghana. Portugal, Ghana. Okay. <laughs> okay. Now we need, to, we need to put this together into a, into a little bracket for our, uh, for our playoffs. How are how, how you going, Kez? Who's uh, doing it? Who's, oh, does Kez take over? Well, oh, I'm eating a scone. I'm yeah, happy yeah. with this. <laughs> I'm just trying to take all up. Oh, the, no, hold on. You're not up yet. There you go. Steph, can you hear me? No, I'm just taking down the options right now. Steph, I'll tell you what. As someone who uh, identifies as a football expert, not as much as Ricardo, but still there, you've done a great job, Thanks. I would say. Yeah, thank you. I was following <laughs> along. Uh, only one change that I'd make, but I'm not going to say it. Uh, Steph, you've done quite well. What I'm going to do is I'm going to put it all together, put it on a little graphic, mm-hmm. head to SENZ Afternoons on Instagram and Twitter as oh, well. Really? And uh, you can check out... Steffi's predictions for the World Cup groups. Should we go? Should we go further? Go further. Should we go further. All right. So I'm, I'm gonna I'm gonna need your help with this one, Kez. So uh, first in Group A, Senegal. Yes. Was his prediction. And against second in Group B, who's he gone there? USA. USA. Okay. So there there is your first uh, round of sixteen. USA win that. USA win that. Okay. We move on to first in Group C. Is Argentina? Argentina. They win that. Uh, no matter who they're playing, yeah, correct. Yeah, That's a sweepstake. Se- second in Group D is that Denmark he's gone for? Yes, there. it is indeed. Right, okay. So Argentina win that and take on USA. Um, oh, what what a, a quarter final matchup! Uh, we go to first in Group E, Germany. Germany taking on second in Group F, Croatia. I think he's yes. gone there. Yeah, Germany in a uh, very boring game. We'll Ge- win that one. One 0 One 0 First in Group G. Brazil. Brazil, yeah. Uh, second in Group H, was that Ghana? Brazil taking on Ghana, round of 16. Uh, Brazil are going to get a red card, but they'll do enough 2-1. <laughs> oh, Steph, like be careful with these predictions. You're yeah, going to yeah. shut down a lot of markets <laughs> with that talk. <laughs> um, okay, first in Group B. First in Group England. B is England. Yeah, taking on second in Group A. Netherlands. Netherlands. Oh, England, Netherlands, round of 16. Goodness me. Oh. England squeak through and keep England the fans alive. Okay. On a pino or extra time? Or? Extra time. Is it oh. coming home? Uh, first in Group D, France. France. Uh, second in Group C. Poland. Poland. France win that. France versus Poland. France take it. Okay. Uh, we move on to first in Group F. That was the one I missed, actually. What oh, were the nice. teams? I'll tell you uh, what he picked. Belgium. Uh, Belgium. Yeah, I, I assume it was yeah. Belgium. Steph, you took Belgium to win the group, didn't you? Who else was in it? Uh, hold on. Let me let me find group here. Belgium, Canada, Croatia, Morocco. Yeah, you yeah, went Belgium, 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 Croatia. 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 Yep, yep, yep. Okay, so Belgium uh, take on second in group E, um, Spain. Spain, that is correct. Yeah. Spain okay. win that. That's tough, man. Spain win that. Upset. And then uh, we move on to first in Group H. No, not sure. All right, hold on. <laughs> this is quality radio. Portugal, Portugal, Ghana. Hold on, yeah, okay. So Portugal were first in Group H. Uh, and then Switzerland. Mm. Switzerland, Switzerland. Portugal, okay. Switzerland? Yeah, Portugal versus Switzerland. Yep. Portugal. All right. Cheers. Now, now I have all the information here, so there's going to be a lot of uh, a lot less uh, dramatic radio pauses. Uh, USA Argentina quarterfinal Argentina. one. 
Uh, Germany, Brazil. Brazil. All right. That sets up. Wow. That sets up our first semi-final. Um, England, France, quarterfinal three. Sorry, England. That's where it comes to an end. Right. Yep. And quarterfinal four, Spain, Portugal. Spain, a oh. fiery affair. Spain, a fiery affair. Semi-final one, which should be the final, maybe. Argentina, Brazil. Argentina in penalties. Argentina in penalties. Uh, France versus Spain, semi-final two. Spain. Spain. Wow. And then we go. Argentina taking on Spain in the grand final. What happens? Argentina 3-0. (laughs) They take the final in a landslide (laughs) after squeaking through against Brazil. Oh, there you have it. Ladies and gentlemen, that was, yeah, quality radio. We got got there in the end. Yeah. Um, And, yeah, Argentina... Maybe because of your sweepstake pick, but maybe because you think it's going to happen. No, too. before the sweepstake was done. That's true. You did. You I did, did say, say you did say you wanted Argentina. I wanted Argentina. So, fair Argentina, enough, fair so enough. I'm very happy. Well, there with you it. go. Mm. Um, yeah, Kiz is going to put little something something together for that, um, um, and then we'll play it out. Put no <laughs> weight on. on my selections. Yeah, please. yeah, yeah. We, we absolutely we no weight. I'd rather do a rugby world cup one, but yeah, we'll yeah. do that. We'll, closer we'll do to that the time. later. Yeah. yeah All right, sure. we've got a brand new vault that Captain K has put together. There's a hundred dollar TAB bonus bet up for grabs. That's right, a hundred. We're doing day one a hundred because we don't reckon you can get it. Prove us wrong, and you'll be rewarded with a hundred dollar TAB bonus bet. Oh eight hundred one five oh eight eleven. You get seven questions. We say yes or no. Then you have a guess and can win the $100 TAB bonus bet. 0800 150 811 if you want to have a go at the vault. Seven questions, one answer. Can you crack the vault? Well, in an unprecedented, which is a word I don't like, but I'm going to use it in an unprecedented moment, no one called up. So here's what's going to happen. I'm going to do it. I'm going to be contestant number one. You better hope I don't get it. <laughs> I've got seven questions. Okay. But they yes, no questions. No one rung. So I get seven questions, then I have to guess what it is. Now, do you know what it is, Rubinho? You know what it is. I know what it is. And Kez and knows, Kez what, knows it is, what it is. And I don't know what it is. So this is a little bit of an insight as, as to how to approach These are the type of questions that have been most successful for people. So here we go. Play the new lot of music. Is there another lot of music while I'm asking these? Oh, yeah, maybe you don't know. Okay. My first question, Captain K and Robinho, is... Wait, hold on. We haven't locked the piece of audio in oh, the vault yet. Could, could you please do that? Yeah, yeah. Let, let me do that. I'm holding it in my hands. It's gone. That's There locked. it goes. It's locked away. My first question. Hit me. Is it a team sport? Yes, it is a team sport. Okay, I'm going straight to my guess. No. <laughs> oh, 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 eager. He wants the money. It is a team sport. Is this a male team? Yes, it is. This moment. Look at me go. Two from two. Yes, a male team sport. Do I go geography? Um, is this... 2004 or... Earlier. No, it is not. Beautiful. Beautiful. No. Three. Question four. I feel the pressure. Okay, so it's post two thousand so it's five or later male team sport. Okay. Is this this team competing in this? Mm. Is it their pinnacle event? 
as in the World Cup, the World Championship, the Olympics, something like, is it is it their pinnacle event? I would I would argue no, on a technicality, because there's something bigger, or something equal, something equal. Okay, so no, no. You get sort of World Cup for rugby. You get sort of World Cup for rugby league. Oh, NRL World Cup. Mm. NRL, NRL. After two thousand five. Okay. Does this involve a New Zealand team, a New Zealand-based team? No, it does not. Okay. All right. It's North Queensland Cowboys, then, isn't it? Um, is this <laughs> I'm not Sammy Hewitt's there, but uh, <laughs> if you want to guess it, mm, be my guest. I haven't done very well here. Team sport, it's a male team sport after 2004 that's not a pinnacle and it's a foreign team. All right, let's try one that's worked well for people in the past. Is this an oval ball sport? No, it is not. Brilliant. I love the confidence when you get one wrong. Well, it it's just, like you just wanted to get it wrong. It just halves it. I now know it's not rugby, rugby league, AFL, NFL. It's anything else. Um, my last question. Not oval ball, not a New Zealand-based team. So it's not the league, it's not that... So it's cricket team. So it's cricket. I'm just thinking out loud to myself. Is this, and it's not that. I'm just going to try and narrow it down here. Is it cricket? If Rubinho picked it, it would be. But unfortunately, Steph, it is not cricket. So therefore I have to have a guess. You do. Team sport, not oval ball, not cricket, not New Zealand. Wow. Um... Deep water. After th- underwater hockey? <laughs> no, no, I'm just saying. With yeah, A lot of those were no's, so you're in deep water right now. You're going to have to okay. really pull one out. Have a stab. I'll have a stab. Okay. Is this the Sarajevo Winter Olympics Dutch curling team winning bronze? Heard about three of those words. Robinho. <laughs> I've got my hands on the vault. Can you just assist me while I uh, try and see if that is the combination? It's heavier. Oh, you're joking. No. I thought I had it. <laughs> Unlucky, Sapinator. We stopped him. You people out there will ring up tomorrow. What can I tell you? It's a team sport. It's a men's team sport. Not New Zealand based. Not an overball and not cricket. And it's arguably not their pinnacle event after 2004. Some of you have an idea? Oh, at hundred one five oh eight eleven tomorrow, at this time. I don't feel like I got very close at all, at all. All I've done is eliminated the oval ball codes and cricket. I've given you an era and a men's team sport. Think about that for twenty four hours and give it a crack tomorrow. We shall take a break. I've got some really good text messages still to come. Double eight, double three, if you want to join in with that. There's a big long one here from Mark. Uh, Good stuff about the attitude of us towards the All Blacks. I'm looking forward to reading that, sharing that with you. Back after a break.
straight through the text message machine tunes from Rubinho. Who was that, Rubinho? That's Royal Blood. Of course it is. Who are they? Uh, British rock band. British rock band, Royal Blood. How they go. Um, Mark loved uh, the fact of the day, which was about the, the babies being conceived at boot parties, tailgate parties. Um, <clears throat> Staffy Williamson needs to get out of the T20 team before the next game. He's only interested in a runner ball and his own score. Power play is a bloody joke. Bring Chapman in. Still definitely need him in the ODIs and tests. Cheers from Marshy in the Hawks Bay. G'day, Marshy. What's going to happen? This was the opportunity for Kane Williamson to up his price or up his value. No, not even, nothing monetary, because he'll go into the auction now for the IPL. And I saw that um, Sunrisers have parted ways with him, but he, he's got the potential to still be a very... Uh, valuable contributor and this is the chance because they're playing India so you know all of India are watching him as well Hey Steph, how did Samoa do in the Rugby League Cup final? Um, they came second to Australia second in the world mm? Spoilers Oh, spoiler alert yeah, Spoiler alert and apologies to Graham for telling you who won the darts mate but unfortunately we give sports results here um, Sorry that you recorded it and you're going to watch but he's going to go for a dive you watch you catch a Bootful. You'll catch a bootful. The English TMO implying the ball properly touched the line is BS from Ollie. Um, Buffali was hard done by not to be in that team of the year. I agree. Buffali's brilliant. Can someone tell me how Will Jordan got selected on the wing into the Dream Team when he hardly touched the ball and didn't make the Northern Tour? Seems more of a man crush team. And no, Artie, who judges this team? Donald Trump? It's from Rick. Donald Trump's been reinstated on Twitter, by the by. Um, go the Black Caps high scorer next game. Is that one? Staffy, the All Blacks definitely lack mental toughness, but thought Artie won a clear turnover on the last ruck before the last English try. So did I, actually. So did I. Um, the All Blacks using the kick-pass strategy after it failed miserably in 2019 was brilliant. Last thing England would have been thinking to defend. And I'm going to save the long one because it's going to take too long to um, to get through. Barrett deserved that yellow card. Once he tackled, he didn't release the player. It must be a clear release before attempting the steal from Matt. More coming up after the break, including Monty Beatham on Tour Samoa and their progression to the World Cup final. Here's the news. Gull, fueling your mission. Pop into your local for some good value fuel. Gull.nz. Get ready for a workday pick-me-up. This is Afternoons with Staffy on SENZ. Righto. Now, I remember that uh, Rubinho possibly committed the worst radio crime in history by playing our bracket music, but I'll let him off because it was for the bracket of the FIFA World Cup. You know, we, we've done um, the good golly Miss Molly Jolly Lolly off. We've done um, the big Becky Bonanza, and then we did the Gee Wee Top of TV character 
Jamboree. I just see, now you guys aren't allowed to go onto stuff, okay? So they've just released, uh, they power ranked all 13 trumpet flavours because s'mores has just been added, the old s'mores. So, one at a time. Robbie, you're a big trumpet consumer. Favourite flavour. Am I? And, um, and, and they've put it out to the masses and they've ranked them through 1 through 13. Right. Uh, Kez, you can go first. What's that about? Look, I'm I'm still weighing it up. Like this is more stressful than show me the money for me, Steph, because I've got two. Look, in terms of trumpet, jelly tip, is that what it's called? The you know, the jelly one? That is that is probably my favourite trumpet, but Is there a jelly tip trumpet? There is. Yeah. There is. Yep, yep. Is it not on the list? Oh no, I found it. Yep. Okay. Well, jelly tip. But, but my favourite ice cream in general, because I don't really Don't want really ice cream trumpets. No, 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 I'm, just no I'm saying because it's a trumpet as well. Because this is, look, tr- Steph, I don't eat trumpets, mate. So it's a hard question for me to answer. My favourite is cool mint. There you go. Be happy with that. Cool mint. Are you mental? The mint trumpet. Okay. So, you so asked I'd, me. I'd, I'd, okay. like, I'd like to step in here and say thank you, Kez, for going first, because that's my favourite. Mint. Yep. Well, yeah, have that, Steph. Okay, well, Jelly Tip is 10th of 13. Yeah, I like Jelly Tip. So, reverse grid, Banoffee Pie, which sounds great, but it's coming last. Uh, followed by Boysenbury, followed by, this is in descending order, so we're getting better as I mention them. Number 11 was the vegan gluten free Boysenbury. Um, Boysenbury in, is public enemy number one, apparently. Then Jelly Tip. Into nine, the new s'mores. Number eight, probably my one, is the chocolate salted caramel. Ooh. I like salted caramel. I've never had it, but I'd probably choose it. Uh, number seven is the Colossal Cone Cookies and Cream. Number seven. Number six is Hokey Pokey. And number five is the original, vanilla. We're into the top four. Number four, another traditional one. the bracket one. music. No, I'm not playing that again. Another traditional one. Chocolate, number four. We're into the top three. Number three, the Colossal Cone Butterscotch Caramel Crunch. Never heard of it. No. Number two. In fact, I'll tell you number one. Mint. Yeah, go on then. Yes. What's wrong with that? The people have spoken. It's two to three here. And this this is the blurb with it. Mint ice cream deniers. Me. It's time to face the truth. This is the best tip-top trumpet of all time. Is there a better match made in heaven than mint and chocolate? I can't wrap my head around why our society is so divided on hating and loving this flavour of ice cream. If you're anti-mint, me, I implore you to look deeply into your heart, past the false accusations of mint tasting the same as toothpaste, it does, and accept this flavour as the be-all and end-all of ice creams. So do you just not chew gum or have breath mints? Or Yes, I do, but I don't eat chocolate at the same time. It's like saying peanut butter and chocolate don't go together, but they do. Yeah, they they do. Pineapple and pizza, it's the same thing. No, it doesn't. Yeah, all right. But interestingly, the vegan gluten-free chocolate, now here's something that might make me twig into this, because the ice cream, because it's vegan, it's non-dairy, they make it with coconut ice cream, and I love coconut ice cream. That's actually quite good, to be fair. Yes. That sounds good. That does sound good. So there you go, and they've even got the voting up here. And I can tell you if I scroll back up to the top where I voted, um, actually, it's at the bottom. It was actually a pronounced win for Mint. Uh, It's gone. Oh, I voted on it, so it disappeared, so I can't vote again. But it was a pronounced winner. Do you know, like, ballpark? Are we talking percentage? That it won by Mint. Oh, no, it was 
like 37% was mint. So that's a third. And when you think about it's um, what's an even distribution is six, seven, seven and a half would be an even distribution if everyone, if they were all to finish first mm. equal. So 37 is, is a pronounced one. And it's just disappeared on me. I'm very disappointed. Oh, here it comes. No, it's gone. It's, de- <laughs> it's definitely gone. No, here it is. Right. Mint, sorry, 26. Although, since they've written this report, it's been passed by Boysenbury. So there's been some disgruntled people out there with 32%, 10% chocolate. Oh, people have responded with their news story and gone on and voted for their own. They've gone on and voted for their own. So you're all crazy. I think you're crazy. Let's find out what happened and show me the money. Show you the money. Show me the money. Show me the money. I need to feel you, Jerry. Show me the money. Jerry, you better yell. Show me the money. Righto. Righto. I know what happened to mine. I think it's the one I've missed by the most since we've been on here with Show Me the Money. Might, Might just be. Soundly not even in the ballpark. So we'll start with mine. We will. Um, uh, it's, it's, it's great fun for me to do this because I, I always seem to do Mondays on your show, but I'm not there for the Thursday. So I'm, <laughs> I'm just like, I'm just grabbing audio of these bets that you guys have placed and I wasn't there. But anyway, um, so yeah, you, Steph, took, um, you went to the Women's Rugby League World Cup final, mm. um, took the New Zealand woman um, with a point start of 15 and a half. Generous, because nine days earlier, they only beat us by two. Yep. So I was only right. out by 34 points. It's not far. <laughs> Jeepers. Yeah. Um, oh. we'll, go to, we'll go to Sammy. Um, he was closer. Was he? He was. He went uh, Samoa in the uh, Men's Rugby League World Cup final. 17 and a half points start. This World Cup. Mission accomplished. Beating Samoa by 30 points to 10. So he missed by two and a half. Yeah, very close. Very close, Sammy, um, but same as me, loser. Yeah. <laughs> well, we, we go to Kez. Um, quite, quite, a, quite a nice bet, I, d- I did think, listening back. Uh, England to score first against the All Blacks, and then Dalton just had to go and do this. Part of me did that, right, because I wanted the All Blacks to score first. And I think that a part of me saying that on Thursday inspired Dalton to intercept that ball and score. <laughs> so I'm actually happy to lose that because the All Blacks scored first, didn't they? And that's always good for us. They mm. did. Um, and so then, we're three from three, boo. Yep. Uh, and then we did We did have uh, Caller Chris. Caller Chris. Caller Chris. Uh, Ireland versus Australia. Um, took Australia at a 12.5 point start. The Australians dropped to their knees. They had the opportunity taken away Ireland have won it by three three point margin well done Chris Um, your prize is nothing (laughs) they were fantastic is probably too strong a word Um, the Wallabies uh, they keep trying they're just coming up short just coming up short I mean to go down to Ireland and Ireland by threes I still think you want to win but um, they didn't 
They didn't tell you something I did for the test match yesterday, wasn't it? Um, <clears throat> you can choose the commentary with the yellow button. And I thought, I'm going to listen to the British commentary for the first half. Jeez, they roasted their team. They were just, and they were on them immediately and didn't relent, did not relent. And then in the second half, when they started coming right, um, I switched over and listened to Nisbo and Coe for the second half, and then England started coming right. So I re-round it 10 minutes and then just listened into the British commentary. They are harsh, man, and they they are not biased at all, at all. And I think Stuart Barnes was the co-commentator. I, I don't know who the main caller was, but, geez, they got into their team, like, full on. Did, did any of you guys out there ever see if there's an alternate commentary? So last yesterday there was um, – the Nisbo commentary, the British commentary, and then there was uh, refs mic only, which sometimes I listen to as well, particularly, although that would have driven me nuts that I'd, if I had to listen to Raynell, Raynell's commentary, uh, sorry, Mike, the whole time. Um, Staffy, did I see it right? Portugal beat USA over the weekend to get to the World Cup, and which pool will they be in? You did see that correct. It was a 16-all draw from memory. And this is the first ever Rugby World Cup that neither USA or Canada are in the Rugby World Cup. Astounding, really. Um, Canada used to be not a force, but they sort of hovered around top 10 in the world. And when the USA missed out, maybe it's the negative Nelly in me. I always remembered like people saying, why are you taking a game to Chicago? You know, when we played Ireland, why do you keep taking these games over to America, and the answer was to grow the game. And I said, bollocks, it's to make money. And they said, no, no, to grow the game. USA's not growing. Uh, just very quickly, the second part of that text, Portugal uh, taking their place in Pool C alongside Wales, Australia, Fiji, and Georgia. Now, so, Georgia, there's a story. Yeah. Beating Big Wales. Big one. Um, and they hadn't kicked well all night, and this guy had a kick for the win, and they got there. In Georgia, um, New Zealand coach uh, Milton Hake um, with Georgia, their scrum is fearsome. Fearsome, the Georgian scrum. They are going to do some damage at the Rugby World Cup. And they've been getting sneaky better, like 5% per season. They are, tell me that group again. Robbie, who's in that group again? Uh, that is Wales, Australia, uh, Fiji, and Georgia, and now Portugal. So Georgia could go through. I think Australia will. Georgia's beaten Wales. They could probably do it again. Um, Georgia could get through. Imagine that. Crazy. It would be amazing. Imagine the Georgian flags hanging out of cars in Auckland. <laughs> <laughs> and in Atlanta. Yeah. Great. Atlanta, Georgia. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Kids just got that one. Yeah, put a boom. Nice. Yes, um, good stuff. So here's the text message I was going to read a little bit earlier. Mark says, hi, guys. A little bit of a, I don't know what an Eli 5 is. I think it's probably a typo. But anyway, the attitude of All Blacks supporters, in, exclama- in quotation marks, no one who has discussed the game's performances seems to have a what would sound like a rounded view to me a layman. It sounds very entitled. The perspective seems to be we always win, so we are rubbish if we don't. 
to the extent we go on the Northern Tour, don't lose, and we're still not good enough. There is no prerequisite that teams won't get better. We wanted to embrace competition and challenge. Any other code would be very happy with the trophies and results this year. Sheesh. It looks to me from the outside like we're doing okay and have some areas not to be complacent about. I like your last sentence, Mark, with a C. It looks to me from the outside like we're doing okay and have some areas not to be complacent about. I like that. There are some areas, few too many for my liking. But anyway, we will take a break. On the other side, we're going to catch up with the great man, Monty Beatham, on the run of Tour Samoa to the Rugby League World Cup final. What a week it's been for Rugby League, in particular um, Tour Samoa. I felt like I was in a village of Samoa down South Auckland there. Just, oh, it was amazing. And joining us now must be a man that's very, very proud and enjoyed the week as well. Uh, former Kiwi, but very proud of his roots. Monty Beatham, g'day, Monts. Hey, former Kiwi, for top, former Tour Samoa as well. You've you got to put that in the mix as well. That, what, that's what makes me even prouder, man. Salva <laughs> lover, man. Ah, uh, geez. Um, uh, rugby league aside, I saw, a, I saw a post on social media last night, and I thought it was so true. It said, Australia won the World Cup, Samoa won the world. It was, it was just so phenomenal. Oh, look, uh, and that and that's why I thought I did this morning waking up, um, even waking up to watch the final live, regardless of the results, sort of knowing that they were going to be up against it. But the night before and seeing them different communities all around the world, um, the flags flying high, um, how proud they were turning out of force and the numbers. And even the, the viewing parties, uh, you know, as we saw post-game and sitting them down and seeing young kids um, and these are the young kids that are going to realise that, you know what, I, I could too want to one day represent Samoa in whatever I do because Samoa is doing so well on the world stage. Not just in rugby league, uh, this World Cup, but just in everything. You know, when The Rock gives you a shout-out mm. to the world, who is the number one guy um, in terms of being um, a huge, well-known um, actor around the world and doing wonderful things in business, you think, geez, anything's possible. Yeah, it's one of those moments this week that transcends the game that's on the field, the 80 minutes on the field. And the thing that really uh, bore that out for me, Monts, was they lost the final, the flags didn't come down, the processions carried on. Can you tell us what it means to the Samoan communities, both in Samoa, but the ones that we witnessed here in New Zealand, seeing that little nation on the world stage? Yeah, I, I think it only hits home to... Um what they've been able to do and achieve is, is when you actually go back and you see the humble beginnings. I know when I played for Tour Samoa in 2000, at that stage I hadn't even been to Samoa, even though I had a real uh, love and passion to do well for the, our little island. Uh, but having gone back there and seeing how, uh, you know, it is humble beginnings and seeing that uh, it means so much to them when they see uh, the flag being flown by, you know, proud uh, representatives and on the world stage against the absolute best um, it means so much. I mean, we've got people that don't even follow the game of rugby league, but are proud to more and just taking this moment to, to realise that, you know, they've punched above their weight for so long and, and this is another a reason to be very proud of, of being Samoa and being a little nation in the Pacific and that's why Tonga's jumped on board and that's why other um, islands have jumped on board because, you know, they're, they're proud of what they can achieve and, you know, I go back to 2017 World Cup and, you know, some courageous, passionate guys who decided, led by Jason Tumalola, that they wanted to play for Tonga um, and go against the grain, against the Kiwis and everything else. You know, them doing that has given uh, these guys strength. This 
World Cup, do what they have and done well for Tuosamo. And it was a real lesson for me in nationalism, national pride. As I was driving uh, towards Sylvia Park yesterday, I passed and I, I made a conscious note. I passed lots of Samoan flags, but there were Tongan flags. There were Cook Island flags. There was, there was one van that had Samoa, Tonga, New Zealand, Cook Islands and Fiji flags all over their van. Uh, and that just filled me with joy. Absolutely, man. It's the Pacific uh, against the world. Or just not even against the world. It's not against anyone. It's just the Pacific going, hey, we, we, we may be little uh, and minorities compared to the rest of the world and the, uh, the big countries and nations, but it's like, you know what, we we go all right. And, um, and, and that's why they've been flying their flags. And, and you know, you've seen multiple flags together, and I've done the same thing. And, you know, I've been beeping my horn. I've got blisters on my hand. How many times I've beeping my horn when I see flags around the place? And, that just makes me feel feel proud as, as a Pacifica man, not the Samoa. Where to for the Pacifica Nations? And I'm pleased you mentioned uh, Jason Taumalolo, and I think we'll look back in time. We're already doing it now that he was he was almost the Pied Piper and said it's okay to turn your back on the norm and follow your heart. And we're starting to see that now. I think Fiji are going to get better. Uh, Tonga are obviously there. Samoa is there as well. What's the future look like for you for Pacific Nations in in this rugby league movement? Well, if you look at NRL, um, who, which I think is the best rugby league competition in the world, I think we all agree on that. Um, you know, almost fifty percent of them are from uh, Pacifica, so that just shows you the ability of players that are coming through, that are being nurtured and being able to play not only with the ability and X factor, uh, but have that education in behind it. You know, and when you've got that, when you've got uh, talent that works hard and, and, and gets taught well, you become unbeatable. And, and that's why I, I think these nations are going to get stronger. They're going to get better because if you look at the uh, the, the Samoans that are playing for uh, Kiwis that were playing for the Australian team and some that were going to actually play for Tor Samoa but were injured, um, it could have been an even more formidable lineup. So, you know, for me to have a guy that played for Tor Samoa, played for the Kiwis, um, and to have choices for those uh, from Pacifica Nations and that as well to say, you know what, I can ultimately choose to play for Fiji uh, over New Zealand because um, it just means that much more or just a little bit more. I mean, that's where we should be headed and everything else should be equal in terms of payments, in terms of um, ability to play, um, you know, consistent test matches and everything else. And I think that's where I'd like us to be. That's where we're heading to. And I think that's when, uh, the game will be, will be getting so much stronger. You know, many years ago, there was a, a two-horse race. Um, and some would argue that it still probably is a two-horse race. But, you know, when you've got um, the beautiful colours and flags flying everywhere else, it's about more than sport. The, the the dilemma is the the financial side. It's still going to be for a Pacific um, Heritage player. It's going to be far more financially lucrative to play Origin and play for the Kangaroos or play for the Kiwis. How do we bridge the financial gap? Well, that's the hard one, and for people that are a lot smarter for me to to understand and to work out. Um, but you know, if you you sort of think like I mentioned, half of the um, the players in the um, NRL are, are playing, um, uh, you know, from Pacific Heritage now. And I think I would then go to say that half of those players, or the majority of those players, are the players that are what this game is, is, is enjoying in terms of a product. These are the players that are playing in a way uh, with, of X Factor and ability-wise 
uh, which is so athletic that you just want to play the game, you just want to watch the game, you want to gravitate towards that game. So I don't know how it works, but you, I, I think they need to be rewarded for that and we need to sort of, uh, and we'll find more players, uh, to be honest, you know, if NRL and uh, if rugby league want to look after their sport rather than just, uh, you know, playing an Australian team and also in the Origin team, I think you'll get guys coming over from rugby or you get guys choosing to play rugby league um, before they they get caught up in the whole I've got to play union uh, mindset um, if um, they, they, they embrace and look after the, um, the Polynesian side and, and that, the island side a little bit more. We were talking to Daniel Vito uh, last week, obviously Zion Quinn, WWE wrestler, and he said with the the numbers of representation of Pacifica in the NRL, it's you know there's going to be some pressure on the NRL on Origin to let them represent their countries and still play Origin because there's some financial gain from playing Origin as well. Do you see that pressure coming to fruition? Uh, yeah, I do see the pressure, um, and I think the pressure's on that as well. But then, uh, like. Jason Tamalor and like a lot of these guys who played uh, for Samoa, tour Samoa during this World Cup, um, they they put that aside. And sometimes as a human being and with your legacy in mind, uh, we know the window is a small one, that, that some things are more important than the financial gain. Uh, and that's what these guys are doing um, outside of the NRL and doing this because they're then themselves have also seen um, the, the ability and what it's done for the communities and the flags. I mean, you, when you and I look at that, that is one thing and we feel very proud uh, and, and we get caught up in it. But imagine being a player that's actually on the front line leading the way who chose uh, to represent the scene to have this effect on people all around the world globally. Um, it's, a, it's a huge feeling. And finally, Monty Beetham, a message for the Pacifica communities that celebrated and um, just got them behind this tour Samoa team and the other teams as well in the World Cup. What's your message out to them? Oh, look, I'm just proud of Pacifica and everyone getting around each other and um, you know, and doing it and celebrating it in a very good manner. Uh, it's been very wholesome. It's been very family orientated And it's nice to see uh, Pacifica United, man. Well done. Awesome, Monty. Lovely catching up. Top up. Thank you. Welcome back in. We've got about 25 minutes to go till we hand over to the run home. St Kirsten, the house. I'd imagine Beeve. I can see Beeve in the studio as well at home. So they are ready to take you through from four till seven. Joining us now on the show is a man that is chin deep in uh, Sale GP, uh, head of events for Sale GP. Joins us now, Carl Budge, long time no speak. G'day, Budgie. Hey, Steph, how are you, mate? Good, mate. I saw this stat that you've posted up about viewing figures out of the US about sale GP, and I straight away said we need to hear about this. And the last two events at sale GP have outstripped the likes of Formula One, the NBA, the Premier League, um, La Liga. This is incredible news for you guys. Yeah, it's, it's just validation of what we've been sort of see, hearing and seeing anecdotally as well. It's uh, The league continues to grow at just a, an outrageously quick uh, a, a quick rate. And 
Um, what's sort of most encouraging staff when we look at these numbers is that they're new people to the sport as well. Uh, we're, we're, we're getting people that haven't traditionally um, engaged with, with an on-water product. And so for us to be able to, to set these record audiences and um, you know, to eclipse the likes of F1 and the NBA is, um, is incredibly encouraging for our future. As part of it, and I know you haven't been able to get out and ask the viewers why they watch it, like I watch it on TV here and it's just, if you if you... If you join the broadcast right from the start, you cannot leave it. It is so fast, and it's rapid races, even yachts, um, high risk. It's it's probably everything Americans love in sport. Yeah, and I think that's what we've tried to build. We try not to call ourselves sailing. It's, uh, and, I, and I know that probably sounds a little bit sports marketing when I, when I say that, but we generally try not to call ourselves sailing because we're really not like anything else in the sport. Uh, it is fast. It, it is racing. It is Formula One on water. We're, we're constantly referred to as that. Uh, and, and when you see it, it really is. It's, it's, it's nine boats in an incredibly tight course, probably akin to a, a street race, if you will, for those that sort of know yeah, the motorsport mentality a little bit more. Uh, and 100% identical machines. And so, uh, you know, it, it, when you look at something like the V8 supercars, as an example, compared to, to F1, where ultimately your one design uh, yeah, you get that real equality across the field. Um, we've got that, and so it sort of merges the, the best elements of each of these uh, these other racing products and, and puts it onto an onboard spectacle that um, yeah, really is unrivaled, I guess, within the sport. Now, we haven't been able to witness it on our local shores yet. COVID took care of that, but it is coming. What are you noticing from the crowds that actually turn up at the venues you've been to? Yeah, well, even that's been incredible, staff. We've, we've we sold out of everything we had within 24 hours. Um, so, you know, our hospitality sold out in 24 hours. Our, um, our public grandstand sold out in 24 hours. So it's just been incredible to see the appetite and the, and the demand. And that was really before we'd started any of our, our advertising campaign to support that initiative. So um, it's awesome to see, you know, that we're working through the Auckland course for, for 2024 at present. And, gosh, that's going to be amazing to see. You know, these, these things are, are 50 foot long, the, the, the wings are, are 29 metres high uh, but to see these, you know, only a matter we, we had to move the course so if there was a capsize the wing couldn't hit the grandstand uh, so you do get that close um, it's, uh, it's it's pretty unbelievable to witness and, uh, yeah, I think when, when we get to see this in New Zealand it's, um, it's certainly going to create uh, one hell of a buzz I saw a photo actually um, I can't remember where I saw it but almost some of the crew could nearly high five the spectators. They were standing on a jetty or on a, on some sort of outreach into the water. That's intentional, isn't it, to get up close and personal? If, if you're if you're going to an event, leave your binoculars at home because it's right that the racetrack is right close to where the spectators are. Yeah, absolutely, mate. And, and you can leave your boat at home too. And that's, that's the other key piece for us. We wanted this to be. Uh, a, a sports entertainment property that didn't require you to have to go out on water like some of our, you know, I guess the natural comparisons that people make to us. Uh, we wanted this to be easy for, for new fans to come and engage and, and get a, a broader audience type. And so getting, you know, our whole mandate is in the harbour close racing. Uh, so, you know, you look at what we do over in Chicago, um, that was incredibly close to uh, to Navy Pier there, one of the yeah, almost like racing off the viaduct in, in Auckland, if you will. Uh, and Dubai last weekend was phenomenal. You really were, you know, 10 metres off the edge of the course. It was quite phenomenal. Um, and so, yeah, look, we, we intentionally do that. The, the easiest way I can explain in New Zealand, 
uh, that that we'd naturally get. It's it's ultimately a course a third of the size of the America's Cup courses, with nine boats on it. Um, in future seasons, that'll grow to sort of twelve, fourteen. Uh, and we always try and do it on closer to harbour courses. So in Christchurch, yeah, the finish line is going to come right into the natural amphitheatre that we've built there, um, yeah, where, again, you're going to be 30, 40 metres off the, the, the finish line. And so, um, yeah, it's pretty it's pretty incredible to see these things moving as, as, as fast as they do, as, as close as you get. So the Christchurch course is over Littleton, isn't it? Correct. And, yeah, that's one of the reasons why we chose Littleton. Uh, the, the, the instantly deep harbour that you've got right off the land there means we can get really close. Mm. Uh, and so it'll, it'll give just that incredible experience that the right the way along the, the edge of the course. Because the wind direction is pretty um, consistent either up or down the harbour, um, you, you do get a, a, an ability for us to create a, a consistent course and ultimately then a consistent promise to fans where we can engineer the course to always go close to, to where they're sitting and, and, and viewing the experience from. So looking at the future, um, I would imagine there's some uh, some countries or some some ports putting the hand up and saying, can you bring that Formula One on water to us? What What's the demand like? It's been incredible, though. We, we, we had well over 100 cities bid to host this OGP event <laughs> uh, and for, for, for next season, for season four. Uh, so it was, a, yeah, it was an incredible... Um, Return, we're, we're seeing, we've, we've grown year on year from six events to nine to 11 this season. And you've got to bear in mind, we're still just an infant too. Uh, yeah, we're only really two years old. We, we sort of had a go uh, the year prior to COVID, but then COVID obviously came along and reshaped the sports industry. And so we paused at that point and were able to go away and design a new calendar based on what we'd learned from that first season. But really, we're still only in year two of delivering SailGP, but already we've gone from six to 11 events We've committed to 14 uh, in, in season four next year, um, and that's only going to continue to grow. The, the goal is for us to get to north of 20 events, so we can have one almost every other weekend. Brilliant. Yeah, it's compelling viewing. Uh, thanks for coming and talking to us today, Carl, on small notice. Uh, serves you right for posting those amazing figures on LinkedIn and making me text you, but so exciting, so exciting that um, two of the guys steering this around the world is, is two Kiwis. So uh, well done on what you're doing. Can't wait to see the event here in New Zealand, mate. Yeah, cheers, mate. Appreciate it. And, uh, and get into the uh, – I'm waiting for him to come and join our, uh, our last man standing uh, cricket match like he told me he was going to do. So uh, – he owes me one after dropping my hat-trick ball, so if you can just get into these on the show next time round, that'd be great. Too. <laughs> that is a promise. I look forward to doing that too, Budgie. <laughs> Enjoy it. Thanks, buddy. Cheers, Dan. Cheers, mate. Carl Budge there, um, doing great work with Sale GP. Um, officially the Chief Commercial Officer and Head of Events. Um, have you seen it? It's it's so good. I just I just love watching it. It is... It's not match racing because it's fleet racing, but God, they fly like 99 Ks. 99 Ks is the fastest I've seen. They've probably hit 100 on an event I haven't watched, but it is brilliant, brilliant viewing. Thanks to Carl Budge for coming on and chatting to us. He just mentioned Beef. Um, He's on the line now, not on the line with us, but I can see him in the uh, Waiuku Cave um, chatting to Kirsten Manaya and Jacoby about putting their show together. So I might just go take an ad break, poke my head in there and just tell Kirsty during the show to surprise Beef that Cole Budge has peed off with him for dropping, A, dropping the hat-trick ball, not joining their last man standing. So let me go and do that and we'll be back after a break. I uh, just got some news through that uh, 
We talked about someone text through saying Kane, Kane Williamson should step aside from the T20. He has. Black Caps captain Kane Williamson is going to miss the third T20 international against India tomorrow. He will instead attend a pre-arranged medical appointment. Did he make that appointment yesterday or today? You'd think we would have known about this last week. And I'm wondering what the medical appointment is. Gary Steed said the appointment was unrelated to his elbow. Tell you what would be better if you told us what it was for. Kane's been trying to get this booked in for a while, but unfortunately he hasn't been able to fit it into our schedule. The health and well-being of players is paramount. Williamson's been replaced by Mark Chapman, who was part of the Black Caps T20 World Cup, but just wore his tracksuit. Steed said Chapman's a quality player who offers good versatility in the order. Tim Southey's going to be the new captain. Um, of course, the first one was rained out, so we're 1-0 down with one to go. We got beaten by 65 in Mount Wanganui. So... It's not an elbow. It's not an elbow medical situation, and that's all we know. It's not to do with his elbow. Why can't they tell us what it is to do with? I guess that's prying into medical privacy. But there we go. No, Kane Williamson, Mark Chapman is added to the roster. Interesting. Wonder how we'll go now. Wonder what that'll do to the odds. Actually, I wonder what that will um, do to the odds. I think Robbie's hurriedly looking it up now. Hurriedly looking it up now. And there was the news earlier today that uh, Scott Robertson is one of three candidates in the mix for England. Interesting that the three are Scott Robertson, Ronan O'Gara and Steve Borthwick. See, I think Scott Robertson and Ronan O'Gara will go in as a duo. I think they'll go as coach and assistant coach. And Steve Borthwick, um, fantastic player he was. And he's currently with the coaching system with England, it'll be him and someone else. So I actually think it's only two candidates, unless Ronan O'Gara wants to have a dart by himself, but I don't know if he's quite ready for that. He's only been an assistant, so I think Scott Robertson, Ronan O'Gara in brackets, or Steve Borthwick and another in brackets. They would be formidable, Scott Robertson and Ronan O'Gara, wouldn't they? Me, oh my. What a formidable duo that would be. Um, and I saw I think it's quite good they've come out and said that the decision will be made in May that really forces New Zealand rugby's hand that we better move on this we can't wait till after the World Cup if they want Scott Robertson they have to move now um, probably by March because they'll be well down the track in their English selection and this is the thing about England rugby that in a way, they get right. They're very open and transparent that Eddie Jones is going and we're looking for a replacement and we will put it in place by May. We have no idea what's what with what's happening and maybe New Zealand rugby don't either, but um, Scott Robertson holds all the cards at the moment, really, does he? So I'd, be very, I'd love to be a fly on the wall with a discussion, um, a discussion between New Zealand rugby and Scott Robertson, just say, oh, mate, can you wait on? He'll be like, no, I can't. You have to tell me now. Uh, interesting times, interesting times. Anyway, we've got um, we've got Back in the Day coming up, which we're looking forward to bringing you. Birthdays, movies, songs, and historical moments of the day. It's November 21. It's Afternoons with Staffy. We're going back in the day after the break.
Bob will give you some good medicine back in the day on November 21, 1977. The Pac-Man, Kerry Packer, as well as Cigarfield Sobers, Richie Benno and Ian Chappell were in attendance as the World Series of Cricket was officially launched in Melbourne. 60 of the world's best players played in this series. It lasted 18 months until Packer and the ABC, Australia, the ACB, Australian Cricket Board, came to an agreement. In 1990, at odds of 250 to 1, Equinocycle became the longest price race winner in Britain with its win at Kelso. Thanks for that horse name, Rubinho. In 2000, English Premier League clubs Leeds United and West Ham United agreed on an £18 million transfer fee for Rio Ferdinand, making him the most expensive defender in the world. In 2010, Jimmy Johnson became the first driver in the seven-year history of the chase for the Sprint Cup Championship to overcome a points deficit in the season finale at Homestead Miami Speedway, finishing second in the race to Carl Edwards while winning his record fifth consecutive NASCAR title. Birthdays today. Michael Strahan, former pro-American footballer, 51 years old today, 50. The tour man! Yeah, baby, David Tua. Uh, Jesus Navas, Spanish Sevilla football defender, is 37 today. And a big happy birthday to Sam Collett, Kiwi jockey, now plowing a trade over in Queensland. On this day in 1988, the number one movie was Scrooged by Bill Murray. We're going to take this song out to the news, but before I do that, the run home is on 4 7. But a big thanks to Rubinho, Captain K. Take it away, Bon Jovi. See you tomorrow. Sometimes needing new tyres can catch us by surprise. That's why tyre power gives you the power of zip pay and zip money. You can get what you need now, get back on the road safely and pay for it later. Terms and conditions apply. So visit tyrepower.com.au or call 13 91